Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. That intro took a little bit longer than usual. <laughs> We're sitting here quietly, but it was cool. Yeah. Uh, episode 147 presented this episode by Cosmic Disc Golf. You can check them out online. Tremendously cool opportunities, especially for TDs. You want to make some money tournament directing. Uh, you can figure it out on your own, or you can do it through someone who's going to make your life easy, and then you get to bring home a couple dollars. Oh. Uh, I also yeah. More than a couple. I also dollars. heard there was a cosmic event over at Maple Hill recently that went extremely well. Dude, so, every shout month out to the at cosmic Maple guys Hill. using the Northeast. Yeah, they need to exactly. do it everywhere all the time. So reach out over there, yeah. Cosmic Dave, great guy. Check him out, Cosmic Disc Golf. We we appreciate their support here, and you go support them. That'd be great. Um, all right, well we're at the top of the show here. We have a, a massive show tonight. Um, we're going to talk to Paul McBeth in just literally a few minutes. He's all the way across the ocean or the pond, as they say. I think it's about 2 a.m. there, something like that. We've got Paige Pierce lined up to talk, uh, tell us what's going on. I think we've seen a little bit of news about her and her leg and slippery bridges or something along those lines. <clears throat> so we got a lot to talk about, um, and we'd be obviously missing a massive one if we didn't um, mention that the Disc Golf Pro Tour made an adjustment, announced adjust adjustment to their media schedule in order as they put it to protect fairness in the fpo division we'll read a little bit about that talk a little bit about that so much going on in the disc golf world right now and that last one that i just mentioned has to be one of the largest announcements ever um one of them as far as what is going to happen with disc golf in the history of it but we'll talk about that um i think we have pretty good information there um so nick all of that is kind of how I started it. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're still uh, in this office that you don't know the baseballs behind you. I am. I don't know the baseballs okay. behind me, but this will be my last week in the office. Uh, my girlfriend's parents are coming back tomorrow, so I will be moving back over out into Goud. Into, into your into gym basement. basement to where I mean, the, school, yeah, the middle school. basement studio, and it's uh, <laughs> people call it a uh, baseball stadium bathroom, and <laughs> got all sorts of names about it. But I think it's some pretty sweet white brick. The uh, thing that I'll miss the most, though, is the internet here. Oh, it's been yeah. absolutely tremendous. And uh, out in Goud, it's not nearly as good. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Um, shout out to the haters of the, the Gannon Burr phrase. And Gannon Burr, like, dude, we are making fans and we are making haters. And it is awesome. So Gannon Burr, everybody. Yeah. We love it. It's, it's, you know, it's our show. It's our thing. We love yeah, it. And yeah, It makes us smile. That's all that matters. It was one hater. So <laughs> it's it does, one does hater. Matter. Everyone else likes yeah. it. Everybody that's listening to this, this is a call to you. A literal call to you. What? Send messages to the Nick and Matt show with your favorite Gannon Burr. And if we like it, we'll play it. There we go. All right, there you go. You might just win the giveaway that we have. It's going true. On. In fact, you, you bring up the giveaway, Nick. Yeah. We are 500 or so in that ballpark away like from hitting our 10,000 subs on YouTube. We've mm -hmm. talked about this before. We are cruising along. Probably would have hit it a few years ago. <laughs> Maybe not. We went over to Foundation. Great opportunity there. But this channel set idle. We came back here and we had to get that momentum going again for our subs in the YouTube channel. Help us out. Hit subscribe on there. Hit like, whatever you got to do to make sure that you're notified of these videos. When we hit 10,000, we're giving away 
a value of $2,200, so $2,200 value package. People heard the giveaway last week, Nick. They reached out to me. They're like, is it really that good? And I said, it's going to be great. Yeah. So if you want that experience or that opportunity, hit sub. We're going to hit 10000 We give it away. How are we giving it away? Start bombarding us with tags all over the internet. People are doing it. I've been seeing it. And when we see it, hey, look, it brings our attention to it. One of my favorite ones is Wyatt Mahoney and his brother, where they did the little <laughs> video on, hey, welcome to the Nick and Matt show. And it, yeah, that one actually, I think he sent that to us in our group. Very cool. Too, but that one definitely, yeah, that one made me laugh the most. So that kid's like, it's, he was doing his own recording of the Nick and yeah. Matt show. And he's like, I'm Nick. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know where Matt is. <laughs> he goes, don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> yeah. So, so biggest thing you can do, hit subscribe up. to the channel. If you're a post audio listener, Get over head to over onto YouTube, yeah. create an account, subscribe, create 10 accounts, subscribe to us. <laughs> We don't care. Uh, tag us in all your social oh, media. That was an Ladies accident. and gentlemen, intern Ben. Yeah, that was a complete accident. Let me get that no, back. No, no, no. We're going right into it. So. We're going right into <laughs> it. Anyway. I hit the subscribe button and it lagged. So we maybe hit the interview on. Oh, intern Ben. Holy. Everybody. Hold intern on. Let ben, me, let me all I can say is you would probably be fired if Paul was doing anything but sitting there listening to our show. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I All hit right. the subscribe button and it lagged the show. All deck. good, intern Ben. Okay, Paul Macbeth, everybody, joins the show from over the pond. Oops. I think it's a six hour ahead, Paul. Is that correct? What time is it? It's seven hours, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. according to the time of this yeah. recording. So Casual, normal bedtime. Did you take a nap before the show? Get pumped up? Uh, no, no, no bedtime. So you're not going to have me long. <laughs> or no nap. Sorry. Yeah. No nap. Um, we. Yeah. But you guys are frozen on my screen, so all right, we're um, frozen. Just don't do anything that that I need to see. Can uh, <laughs> you you can at least hear us pretty well, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I hear everything. Okay, fine. perfect. Then interesting. We'll, we'll just fire Ben later. We've no. Remember, we've done this before, where we can make the guest blind and then bring him back up. Maybe we could try that. Let me see. Uh, blind. Let's try it again. If it does or it doesn't work, that's okay. Oh yeah, now I see you guys. Oh, good. There I fixed go. it. I'll, I guess yeah. I'll take intern Ben's job. I can't believe I did that. All right, enough wasted we time here. You, Matt. you just, you just want. You can hear me, Nick. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said something. Okay. No. This no, is no. your first elite win, Paul, and we know you care most about majors and worlds. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a win in Europe, an elite event. Where does this one stack up? How do you feel? Uh, this one is awesome. I mean, it's the first ever elite um event in europe so first dgpt elite event and i guess i mean national tour as well because those were kind of just in the u.s that's why they're called national tours but um yeah i mean it's it's an awesome accomplishment to have the first one ever and then it was uh my second tournament ever in norway and unfortunately earlier in the year i lost to bradley williams in norway mm -hmm. so good to get the redemption story and then have all the the Americans there, and then um, I, I will say in Vestness, where we were, incredible. Um, that's what I pictured Norway being like. So uh, really special all around. Yeah. Um, oh. I'm trying – I had a question. That I was thinking how good the course actually did look. It's going to – spoiler alert, it's going to come up later as one of my top five, um, and I've never been there. Um what did you think about the uh, strength of the field here? Does that come into your mind sometimes when you get a victory? You're like, yeah, but so-and-so wasn't here. How did you feel about this strength of the field? I have no clue what the difference was. Um, obviously, there's more Americans. But, I mean, there was another tournament going on in Europe, and there was a couple of Americans. And 
they didn't win. So um, <laughs> it's not like they're slackers over here in Europe. So uh, I know, obviously, I saw I played with, you know, AB, uh, Hamas in a practice round. Rick was there, played with Proctor, Eagle, uh, Calvin. So I knew there was quite a few names there, but didn't feel any different um, compared to all the other tournaments I've played. I had uh, quite a few battles since I've been over here in Europe. Um, and this was actually my biggest margin of victory so far. Well, I mean, I guess uh, the Croatia one was, but uh, the other ones were tight battles, and, and this one was a tight battle until the back uh, back half of the round. So um, this was, yeah, this was, uh, like you said, has a lot of names in it, but um, it's, a, it's a competition at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We can kind of... Yeah, I was going to ask Evan if he had any cool stats on, on the strength of field. Uh, By the way, Evan's actually, here, everybody. Yeah, I haven't even said a word yet, but uh, no, I I don't actually have any stats pulled okay. up. I can look into a few. I want to give one quick correction. This is not the first elite <laughs> event outside the United States, but it was the first in Europe. We saw the Canadian Open on the national tour in 2007. To, yes, 2007 on Toronto Island. So we've, we've seen a national tour in Canada, but first in Europe. Very cool. I don't want to take anything away from that because it was absolutely phenomenal. The, uh, the last time you tried first to correct Paul McBeth. It uh, turned bad on Twitter. So just make make sure you're right, no, Evan. I have no recon- uh, recollection recollection of what you're talking about, but yeah, I can send you the PDGA event ID or send the link straight to you if you'd like. But uh, Nate <laughs> oh, Dawson won an MPO, and Des Redding won an FPO. Uh, it, it, I'm not I'm not sure. It was it's a teaching moment. There has been other uh, accounts and people who have said it too, and so I I didn't even know of this before I looked into it. So I'm not calling anyone out. Teaching moment to everyone. Uh, I have a question for you, Paul, uh, yep. not related to the strength of the field. Your first event over in Europe wasn't the best, 31st place at the Estonian Open, but since then have been absolutely incredible. What were the emotions after that that performance at Estonian Open? Uh, I mean, disappointed in my finish. Uh, I was actually talking to Joey about this earlier, and uh, it didn't start out how I wanted. I mean, I was sick in Spain. I didn't get to do as much as I wanted at the uh, – the Ponta Foundation course installation there, or the course opening, um, so that kind of sucked, and it kind of carried over into to Estonia. But uh, yeah, so having that um, involved in the travel and then not performing well, uh, it was a it was a whole bunch of just things stacked against me. I felt like, but it was awesome to experience it and um, you know battle through it and just kind of see how the support was even if i wasn't performing you know i felt terrible because i wanted to go out there and put on a show Mm -hmm. and uh took 31st place so um, not what i wanted to do but it was you know it's been that kind of year so far and uh, i feel like things are starting to click now so just in time i guess some could say (laughs) i'm laughing because i had this moment where we've interviewed you enough times and we we found out you know how big deal majors are and i've watched your career now for the duration of my disc golf experience and i'm like it's always later in the season not always but like it's paul turns it on and so do you feel that way do you feel like there's some part of you that gets ramped up throughout the season or is that just random well if you look at my career i used to be the player that would always start out hot and then fall off at the end and uh that's not how you want the season it's great to start the season like that but it's the big tournaments are at the end. The big tournaments are at the back end. You know, Worlds was usually the first major or Europe, and it was in July or June. So you want to be hot at the end of the season, not the beginning. Um, 
and uh that's just how i that's how i uh learned the hard way i guess i'd say interesting what, what does that take what do you think the difference is mindset wise like hey obviously you want to win but like what's the difference in mindset of how you go into these events at the beginning of the season versus later I guess it's it's realizing it's a marathon and not a sprint. You know, similar with tournaments. You know, they're 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 not sprints. Um, it's who's going to be at the the top at the end, not the first round. So, uh, I guess it's kind of just taking that into the season and and working on my game throughout the season. You know, I, I love working hard in the off season, and then throughout the the year, it's like maintenance, 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 and then just keeping keeping healthy throughout the season. Um, but as far as a mindset, it's kind of just knowing that it is a long season. Don't burn out early. You know, if I feel like I'm starting to burn out, hey, maybe I should back off and take off one tournament um, or just kind of change things in, change things going on in preparation or something like that to make the game still more enjoyable. Because if you burn out halfway through the season, you're not going to have a fun time uh, when the majors come around. Um, this course, do you say Oveross? Is that correct? The course? Overos. Overos. Okay. Is this the way you would like to see, generally speaking, not an identical cookie cutter, but did you like this course enough that you'd like to see this type of variation on a course be like a lot more places? Uh, it's a very fun course. It's actually one of the shorter ones. Um, it's definitely one of the shorter ones I play, I've played on this Euro Tour as well. Um, and it seems like the newest kind of course that I played on this Euro Tour. Uh, so it's got a, it's, they, they do an amazing job out there. They're such hard workers and, uh, some of the holes you could probably tell were pretty new and, and there's a lot of wood chips. So you can tell there's, there's water that gets in those certain holes that, uh, I'm sure they'll figure out as time comes how to drain them. But I think it just lacks distance, but they do have some great par fours, great par threes, very enjoy enjoyable course. And, um, I mean, it's just an incredible place. So I hope. I hope we continue to find places like this where we can play tournaments and, and bring people to, um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. I don't think there's a single person that has a bad thing to say about how the course is right now. Um, maybe, but, maybe the, maybe the slippery bridge person, we'll have to figure that out, but we'll see. That, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, uh, from what I heard too, quite a few people slipped on, I slipped on it, but, uh, it was raining. So I kind of understand why, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk to Paige about that later. But um, I, I think from the viewer's perspective, and people don't usually come to hear my perspective when Paul's on and I'm sitting next to him on screen here, but it's, it was totally enjoyable, like to watch and be able to see the flight of a throw and hopefully land near a basket off the tee pad. Like that's just really enjoyable from a viewer's perspective. And you put on a great show. It was great to see you back in, in that form of winning um, elite event. Uh, Nick, you got anything for your friend here? I do. I, I kind of want to bring it to the final round. You had said earlier it was kind of the back half of that final round, but we kind of saw vintage McBeast mode, and it's weird that it wasn't on a Sunday. It was on a Saturday, the last yeah. day of the tournament, so it was definitely kind of an awkwardness yesterday, just hanging out and not being able to watch disc golf. But um, talk to us about that final round. Bogey-free, 13-down course record, besting the field by seven or eight strokes beating James Proctor, who was leading on you by seven strokes to ultimately win the tournament by five. Just talk to us what what that was like going from tournaments that you've had in Europe so far into that final round at Overos. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned before, I've, I've had some battles with, um, you know, Larry Lettinen, Niklas, Antela, Bradley Williams, um, 
And then I've played with Jakob Semenov quite a few times now. So um, I've had some battles out here with players. So going into this final round down two, I I knew what I was in for. I knew that uh, it wasn't going to be easy. And it was, uh, in my mind, it was a three-horse race with Calvin and, and Proctor uh, ahead of me by two. And um, unfortunately, Calvin had a rough start. So it was kind of just um, early on, just James and I. And I knew uh, after playing with him, the last round that he was, he was shooting well, he shot nine, nine. And I knew if he shot another nine and he's obviously capable of shooting another nine mm -hmm. that I was going to have to do double digits to, to make it a battle. And, and I knew that before, before we started on Saturday. So, um, he started out hot. He shot six down on the front nine and, and I just had to keep pace, um, burning the first three and, uh, missing four, but, uh, being able to get seven out of nine to start and then missing you know, arguably the easiest hole in that front nine with a uh, hole number nine. Um, I was only able to get gain one stroke, and and he didn't really make any mistakes until hole eleven. Yeah, eleven was like his first real mistake. Um, and then hole twelve was the hardest hole in the course. So I knew, mm -hmm. um, if I could, if I could capitalize there, um, well, I knew one of us was going to make a mistake, and and I wasn't going to let that be me. So. <laughs> I went over well, I went I went over the top, which I had done so many times in practice and, and I just had to be really aggressive and I was able to put my drive where I wanted and, and put some pressure on him and uh get that birdie. And that's really when I felt like I okay, now I'm in control. This is my tournament to lose now. Uh, and that was the first time I felt that um all weekend and, and I wasn't gonna let that slip away. Yeah. So hole twelve, is it is it a good hole? I mean, if you take away the over the top of the tree shot is a good hole or in general, is it a good hole? I think it needs maybe like four little trees gone to get to the landing zone because the with the shape that it is, it's very weird for right-handed backhand and left-handed, you know, forehand. Um, it, it, it is a very hard par four. If they left it I, and made it mandatory, I wouldn't be against it. But as you saw the first round, I slipped on the tee pad and uh didn't get a good shot and that kind of just changed me to being like all right if, as long as i throw heiser i'm gonna be up there every time and even if i'm not in a good position i can lay up to get to a spot where i can save my four um with the forehand over the top so mm -hmm. what do you i didn't play it down the middle enough to, to really make a call on that but speaking of slip. going up over the top and no mandos right now you heard or probably saw that uh gannon out at kansas city wide open through a shot and then later it got changed to a mando. We've seen that a few times. What what is your like just quick response to that? Like, is that cool? Like players finding out shots and the the event being like, yeah, we gotta change that for next round. How do you feel about that as a player? Yeah, I mean, well, especially on par fives and and you'll see that a lot, um, or harder par fours to where they're they're kind of gimmicky holes in a way to where it's like one, I think he he did expose that to where you, you said you said it you know this has happened before where they'll put up late mandatories or, or make these obs and things like that to where the, they can make those changes and, and maybe they have to get a waiver or something but that usually just means that there's something with the hole because they don't want to use the intended fairway and usually the term fairway is used loosely in those situations because there must be something that's not too fair about going down these these gaps um but I didn't watch uh, the Kansas City coverage, but I did see a lot of memes and things like that about that uh, 
that yeah. role specifically. So, so Paul, I'm just going to put you in a scenario of being at this PCS open. You throw it over the top, let's say, and then the next round they change it and take it away. How would you feel about that? Because you went into the round practicing it a certain way, and then like the next round they take it. I'm not. This is hypothetical. Like these events, I, I guess that's what you're commenting on. Like you probably wouldn't be too happy yeah. about it. Well, I'd understand. Like. <laughs> If it's a yeah, if it's a safety thing, I get it. Yeah, you know, I I understand. You don't want people throwing over another hole, which this one it'd be just because someone's broken the hole and in, in in a way, um, to where it's not really a safety thing. But if there was a gallery there and we're throwing over and spike Heiser into the gallery or another hole, I would get it and I'd understand. But I did I practiced both in case that did happen. There you go. That's the that's the true professional player there i should have known you yeah, I, mean, I mean i know you practiced but you you said you threw a lot over the top but you probably threw a lot down the middle too yeah yeah i mean you could tell that wasn't the intended line so mm -hmm. um, you never know well well good job on that that was exciting to see and like you said you were like oh i feel in control now i was like oh he's in control now <laughs> it's like it's tough but you know what proctor has been doing some incredible things this year as uh out there on the disc golf pro tour we've been trying to line him up for a while I thought if he beat you, that would be his first like win interview, but you beat him. So you get the interview. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've played with Proctor for years um, before he was touring. You know, he would play in California a lot, um, Northern California. I think he went to school in Reno or played for Reno and college nationals and stuff like that. So I've played with Proctor for a long time. It's not, it's not a surprise to see him playing this well. His game has been the way that it is now for a long time but now he's just he's on the stage now and performing so it's good to see okay i have one or two more before we let you go maybe nick does but my first is they and they did an interview with you as they do at the end of all disc golf network of events or disc golf pro tour events and they like to do what most of us do in media talking and like point out some cool stats to you like like hey paul you haven't won in a while <laughs> like at the elite level and you responded to that and i noticed like at the end of your sentence you more or less was like i got worlds and like when you hear this message of like not having won a lot is that your mind your mindset's like hey bring it on it doesn't matter because i have six worlds like where's your mindset when you hear a stat like that well, I mean, they just went back to you haven't won an elite series or a major since Worlds last year. And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a bad one to win. So if I don't win another one after that, I'm not going to complain. But uh, but no, I mean, I've been working on a lot of things. Even at Worlds last year, I was, I was going through some, some things and trying to figure it out. And uh, I wasn't too far off at USDGC either. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a constant progress. I always want to get better. Um, but there's been a lot of things that I feel like I need to, to fix and, and work on. And, and I mean, even at the final round, when I shot the 13 down, I didn't hit a single C2 putt. Um, and I had very, I had many very makeable ones. And even the one that they gave me was well inside the circle. If you go and look at it, it okay. was like 20 feet, but apparently it looked outside the circle. Um, so oh for five and I don't want to do that again. Okay. My last one, I promise for me is you said you're working on things with your game. You've, you've actually been pretty open with that, whether it's in social media or in interviews or whatever it is on the course, talking about arm placement or I'm figuring things out. Um, this is at a point in your career where most would assume a player at the top has everything figured out. So like what happened this year or what happens in a, the, life's, the, life, the, the life career of a professional? Like what happens where this comes into play where you have to figure it out again? 
I mean, injuries happen and you got to tweak things and fix things. And then like, uh, like, let's say you roll your ankle and you come back and you play it's your timing's going to be off. You're gonna have to figure it out. It's not like you just snap back into it. And then, uh, you know, it could be small things like that. And then trying to figure out how to throw properly again and trying to get these things to time well again. And, and it's just, you know, injuries are probably the biggest thing, you know, we played through so many and, and as an athlete, like, like you're, you're never really ever a hundred percent. There's always something that's nagging or something that's not working or firing proper properly. So, um, you know, that happens all, if that happens early in the season or, or midway or, or in the off season, it doesn't matter. It'll still linger and you got to try to figure out these time thing, timing things. So like right now, the biggest thing is my left arm and my left side isn't timing with the right. So if I keep that back in my drive right now, it allows me to get my timing correctly when I'm trying to pull through. So Yes, it feels awkward. It looks awkward, but it's what's it's what I have to do right now until I can figure it out again. But um, if it keeps working, then then I might not change it back. <laughs> it's inspiring. It's inspiring for me, and it's inspiring for the rest of us who are just amateur disc golfers trying to get better to see that at the best at the top, they're still trying to do that and, and make their game better. So I'll keep working at it too. Nick or Evan, any closing questions for you guys? Yeah, I got one. I got um, one kinda... too. After you, Nick. Yeah, just coming up on, what, about seven weeks over in Europe. Uh, started out in Spain. You're coming up almost about two months. You're coming into the final tournament of the European trip, the European Open. Before we talk about European Open, how would you rate your experience so far playing these European events? I know it was a big kind of storyline when the announcement came that you were skipping a lot of the U.S. tournaments to come over here to Europe and play these events. Just talk to us about the experience in general. Yeah, so I'm on my eighth week over here now. Um, it started in Spain and then went Estonia, Croatia, Czech Republic, um, Norway, Sweden, and now back to now in Finland. So um, been a been a long trip, but just the culture uh, from all these countries. Like I had never been to Croatia before. I'd never been to Norway. Um, and just the experiences of, of seeing what life is like out here, traveling the way that they do, taking trains to different tournaments, buses, like it's just so different than the US. And it, it is a little learning curve, but um, I'm surprised with how comfortable I've been with with all of it and just kind of going to flow and just not treating it as a vacation, but just soaking it all in and uh, just enjoying it. Um, and the course styles are so different as, as I've seen so much in, in comments and people watching, it's like, it's so exciting to watch the European disc golf because it's refreshing. And that's what I feel like it's done for me is it's really refreshed me and, and makes me want to get on the course again. Um, and I think that's kind of, uh, you kind of saw that last week at PCS um, because now the Americans get to come play this style of golf, um, which is kind of where the season's starting to go in the U S now, you know, with Ledgestone coming up, D glow, Maple Hill, all those tournaments and, and world. So um it's just like a refreshing style of disc golf. I, I like throwing my fairways. I like throwing my mids. I enjoy throwing my distance drivers as well, but just not on every shot. Um, but yeah. All right. I got one last kind of casual question uh, before Evan. Have you seen the European commentators booth in previous tournaments? <laughs> Go up, man. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure they tried to do that for the DGPT as well, or huh. the US ones early on, but... Um, they didn't do well with it. Uh, hey, do you one. like them? Or kind of looks like this. 
It looks like it. It's it wasn't it's supposed to be. Sort of yeah. part of it. <laughs> the the blue line in the center is. Dude, that I told Matt, but that's what we kept it. We kept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, I'd actually cool. be for that. Yeah, it's better than just yeah green screen or something. All right, you I heard really it. You heard it here that. first. Paul likes it better than the American booths. There we go. Clickbait it. Throw it up as the, the title. I don't know what the American booth looked like. Uh, I mean, the best ones that they do are when they're actually on the course, and you kind of like at Worlds Black last year, Worlds, they're yeah. overlooking the course. <laughs> Times at that, where it's really good. Like honestly, if they put it up at the Maple Hill Sap House, you yeah, could have a they really, could do. Really they could cool do it. Broadcast Evan, center there. Evan, what do you got? Yeah, we, we've got Paul uh, late in the night. I, yeah, I want to. I want to do a way too early look at twenty twenty four. It was a big move to spend so many weeks over in Europe. Is there any plans to have a uh, an extended European trip past, like let's say, if there's a DGPT Elite and European Open again in 2024, would you go any any weeks past that or any thoughts on that so far? Like you're saying longer than this trip or you're saying do uh, it? Not, yeah, I mean, whether you do it again or like longer than two events, let's say. I would say it's probably 90% I'd do it again next year. Very cool. Yeah. I just realized. I've heard, I've, what? No, sorry. I was just saying apologize for the lack of Paul audio when Ben was on screen. When Ben was on screen with the studio, you couldn't hear Paul. We figured it out. Oh. Sorry. Continue on. It'll be in the podcast. People are freaking out. We uh, can't hear Paul. Sp Spotify <laughs> edition. It was when Ben was up. That was it was all Ben just waving his hand. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it was literally just me going like this. Paul, Paul said he was small. <laughs> that's yeah. true. That's, 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 that's what you take away from it. Paul, and so also sorry. notice the finish Sorry, line. you can finish out yeah. that conversation. I just saw the chat freaking out. No, that's all I had. I appreciate the uh, the insight yeah. into 2024. Yeah. That's exciting. I've heard I've heard quite a few Americans think they're gonna do it as well. So I mean, it, it's so hard to beat that European summer. I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to be in Des Moines in the middle of summer. It's hard to be in uh, wherever else, Kansas City, wherever else they were coming from. It's, are you are you planning on sticking with the Euro tours for the most part, like you were this year? You played one European Pro Tour, but the four, five, six, whatever else were Euro tours. I, I, I didn't even know what I was playing. I just picked the countries. Um, so I didn't I didn't know the difference, to be honest. I didn't know the first one in Estonia was going to be a European Pro Tour and then the rest were Euro Tours. I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that there were splits similar to a lot of people. Um, kind of, We all kind of found that out. I, yeah. I don't even think all Europeans understand it either. When does uh, President's Cup start? Is that tomorrow or Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 Okay. You're obviously out in Finland already. Start practicing the beast. Any notable changes this year to the course? Um, one's the same, two's the same. Three has like a bigger river in between it now, or or like lake, whatever you want to call it, of OB. Um, four's the same, five's the same, six the same. Seven's got a new it. It's just like a taller. It's like a new pad, so it's like a little higher and maybe a little bit further. Um, eight's got hay bales now, so you so it's a it's still the same hole, but it's kind of a little bit, you can't slide it up as easily. Nine's the same. Ten's got tighter ropes. Eleven's the same. Twelve, thirteen, same. Fourteen's got a new tee pad. It's a little bit more of a turnover, more forehand friendly. And then 15, 16, 17, 18 are the same. Very cool. Well, sixteen's uh, got a smaller <laughs> island now. Oh, the uh, stroke and distance hole? Well, not yeah, really stroke yeah. a distance, but it's noticeably smaller. Really? Wow. Is the yeah. same same spot just shrunken? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. T 
tee shots yeah. the same and everything like that yeah dang oh what would you say to the safe zone on the left hand side of the basket how far like how close that's, is ob that's what really got smaller it used that's to be what like I almost so it used to be like i don't know how i would say the shape was um but it wasn't like a like an oval or a semicircle it kind of had like a little little shape to it and i would say it was almost circle two like maybe probably close to circle two probably 60 feet or so mm -hmm. and now it's significantly smaller i would say 50 50 or so like at least okay. 10 feet smaller on that side yeah and the, the right side still the same like still get oh man i would say it's only 35 feet wide and then less than 60 feet end to end yeah. maybe 60 feet end to end I don't think the video really doesn't do it justice, but when you're throwing your drive into an ideal landing zone, how far is that upshot? Mm, ideally, like 260 probably, but okay. a majority of people are throwing it up over 300. Yeah. And is it, it, it looks uphill up to the island from coverage. It, how is it like very uphill or just a little bit? Um, so it's not up the green is kind of like on the side of a hill it's not like uh, you're throwing uphill you just kind of try to land the disc on the side of a hill okay um but like if from your feet to where you'll be standing from the basket is maybe eight feet higher okay not, not a whole lot yeah uh any closing thoughts paul um well what time is it in the u.s right now 734 734 eastern well, tomorrow um, I'll be dropping a video on my YouTube page um, for, from the first ever disc golf tournament at the Rancho El Camino, um, which is the first Paul McBeth Foundation course. Um, I was able to play that earlier in February. Uh, Joey was there as well, and uh, we documented it and kind of got some great interviews, some great insight on how the growth of disc golf has, has uh, impacted their area and just how it's just been growing in general. So I was able to play that tournament. We documented it and got some great interviews. So that'll be dropping tomorrow on my YouTube channel. Um, so if you're listening to this, today is Monday. So tomorrow, Tuesday, it'll be dropping. <laughs> any and, uh, any little teaser, Paul? You were there when the course was incepted, like, and then you were back. Like, were you, were you blown away at the growth? Can you say that much? It's it's in the video. I don't want to spoil right, it. They, they say it. They say it. But uh, yeah, the tournament was fun. It's 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 got some really, really great stories and some heartwarming stories. And uh, it's a it's a lot on like we we talked about uh, the first generation of of how we met the crew and and the main characters um, from if you watch any of the previous videos and how they're already starting on their second generation of talent there. And it's only been two years. Wow. So. All right. Well, wow, definitely everybody cool. check that out. You're already probably subscribed to Paul McBeth's channel if you're subscribed to ours. Um, and but everyone who's subscribed to Paul's channel should just subscribe to our channel. I mean, we should we get us you to get a 10, chance 000. to win a massive giveaway. That's right. So, all right, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we know it's late there. We appreciate the time of time of day. I was going to say giving us the time of day, but giving us the time of night, whatever it is. Um, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, you still have a fan. Shout out to my kids, I guess. You still have a major fan in Hunter. I mean, like, still jump up and down nervous when he watches you play. So, it's and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I look upstairs because I know he's up there right now. He's probably like, Dad. And I, he's getting more embarrassed. He's pounding. He's pounding on the floor. He's like, Stop. 
Okay. Anyways. Well, Paul, best of luck yeah. at the President's Cup and the European Open. Thank you. Absolutely. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye. Peace. All right. To our chat, uh, how's the lawsuit going? Guys, when someone's in the middle of a lawsuit, like we could ask them about that, but we kind of had a pre-show discussion. It's like, hey, it's a lawsuit. We can't talk about it. So we didn't ask them any questions about it. Um, so we don't know how it's going. Our, we can only assume it's going very lawsuity. Are lawsuits <laughs> updated publicly as well in the sense of someone found the lawsuit, it was made public. Yeah. Just, I'm talking any lawsuit in general. If is there's there, new filings. Like, is there updates? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you when can we see. know, you guys will know. When you yeah. guys know, maybe we'll know. Maybe it's we'll know. Kind of one of those things. All right. But, um, yeah. So that was Paul. It was good insight from there. Again, really do appreciate the fact that he's late at night there. I'm, I'm assuming I've talked or heard from players out there with the jet lag and all that. Okay. We're getting closer to Paige Pierce joining the show. But before we get there, we, we wanted to fit in this conversation. And it's not going to be super long. I mean, there's so many takes. We could do a whole podcast on it. But a big, rather big announcement. In fact, I would say it's the biggest, it's got to be up. To, it's the biggest announcement the Disc Golf Pro Tour has ever made. Now, you could argue like, oh, other things are that they've said that were like cool, revolutionary or whatever for disc golf. But like this is up there with the biggest ever because of the potential impact to the sport in general. Um, and the, the announcement was the Disc Golf Pro Tour adjusts the schedule and media plans. It starts out nice to protect competitive fairness in FPO division. And you're like, oh, it sounds nice too. Fairness. Everyone loves fairness. Um, but we know this is in regards to um, the, the fact that the Pro Tour has adopted the rule of the PDGA that says transgender women um, that did not transition before, I think it's the age of puberty or whatever that is. I'm not a doctor here, but more or less, if that didn't happen, they can't compete in these elite events. Um, and they are trying to uphold that now at this point, um, uphold the fact that they adopted the PDGA's rule and going to court um, regularly at these events. And what's the, what's, there's a lot to be said here, but one of the main problems that they address inside of here they talk about the financial burdens. They talk about the fact that last minute litigations are harmful to the tour because what's happening from the tour's perspective is that they will be ready if they needed to defend themselves in court, but they're not really given that opportunity because these are last minute litigations, which in, in, in turn are emergency restraining orders, which allow uh, Natalie Ryan in this situation to play. And without the case really being heard or ruled on. In fact, they still have some open cases right now. And so with that in mind, they feel that it is harmful because it's not protecting the fairness of the FPO division. That they are now adjusting their schedule to move events out of states where I guess you I'm just going to use words that I would say friendly to a case versus not friendly to a case. Move to states where they feel like it's more friendly uh, to where if litigation happened, they feel much more likely that it would not rule against them. Is Again, I'm using my own words here. I'm not an attorney. Um, with this conversation in mind, the initial reaction that a lot of us had is like, this is massive. Um, a lot of people had an initial reaction of like, this is horrible. Like bees nest getting kicked. I'll, I'll kind of let Evan, Nick, and even Ben respond to this if they want to. But th it was it was all over the board. Um, I reached out to Katrina, I reached out to Sarah Hokum, two of the, the primary voices for that group of FPO players who did a press conference a few weeks ago. 
And I won't fully quote them here, but there's a mixture of both really upset and more at the situation had to that that it came to this place, but also a full responsive trust and support for the disc golf pro tour. So it's almost as if like, hey, we're not happy we're here, but we're here and we support it because we believe that they're trying their best to obtain fairness. That was from their perspective. I hear rumblings of others not being as happy um, on the on tour as well. So you have a mix of feelings there. Um, I'm kind of monologuing here because I'm trying to set it all up for this conversation. And my biggest takeaway before we get into any of the little points, and I'm not sure how much time we'll have to do that tonight, but before we get into that is in situations like this, and I have a source that I talk to where I feel very comfortable with the information I received, this is very fluid. Like this is not a decision that a hammer went down and said, this is how it is forever. Will it change? Will it not? We don't know. I'm not even sure, quite frankly, that they know. It's fluid. It's moving. There's parts trying to be decided as they go. Now, that's not to say they're incompetent. That's to say that they're doing everything within their power to make sure that, I don't want to say everybody's satisfied, but that we're able to come back to a place where disc golf can be united and we can have a product. They can have a product. We can have a, a, a product that we enjoy. That's the ultimate goal. And so my voice to you as part of the Nick and Matt show, I know we try to get rid of Matt every now and then, <laughs> is to be patient. And I would say give a couple weeks at least, at least sit back because there are implications here well beyond just your viewing experience, just the FPO players. I think a lot of disc golf at large, there's a lot at stake here. Um, without getting too far into the weeds here, think of sponsors, right? Sponsors here, they don't want to be tied to stuff. And so put the pitchforks away if you have them out. Sit, sit patient on this one for a little bit. Give a couple weeks in between. Let's readdress it and let's see where we come to lie. I, I don't want to jump too hastily here to an opinion on this, except to say that um, in my closing thought on this, it was massive news. I think it is an unfortunate situation. I'm not sure it's the path that needed to be taken, but it was the best path for it as the Disc Golf Pro Tour saw it. It's very fluid. Just to throw out some ideas here, you go to litigation, they talked about financial burden. Guys, if we were to throw out numbers of what people are paying in these court cases, I've heard all different numbers thrown around, but let's just throw a number out there. $100,000, $50,000, $150,000. If you're paying that every time and then you have a company that's trying to be sustainable, they're going, hmm, this isn't working too well. We need to adjust something. So. With all that in mind, that's where I'll leave it from my perspective. Nick, Evan. Yeah, I'm just curious why the TV in your yeah, background why did that just pop episode up? 93. Why did that just pop With up? John Kirkland a episode. Wonderful, <laughs> yeah. A wonderful still shot of Matt's face. Just a little scary eyes. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I, I, um, oh, okay, yeah, go no, ahead. You go, no, 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 no. You go ahead. Your no, name's it's, in the it's, show. The, it's the Evan and Matt show. Okay, okay, okay. I this is obviously an unfortunate situation. I think the the decision comes out to be a no win decision for both parties, for fans. It's there, there's not no one feels like they came out on top of this. It's just about trying to do your best to go forward from here. Uh, it, I think based on the reactions from this press release uh, also show that that you know it, it's a step back 
and then it's just a matter of whether it's a step back to go two steps forward or if it's a step back to either stay there or go back more it's a very obviously tough situation at matt throughout i i do want to also add to the conversation that i i did hear from charlie eisenhood today that natalie has uh filed litigation uh in federal court for worlds in Vermont. Um, I, I don't know what that means. There's nothing uh, more to it that I know from there, but we'll have this discussion as well for worlds from the PDGA's uh, point of view. Um, so there's a lot more to come from this. Um, I, I do want to just say like, if, if the, if the schedule does end up being how it is where the elite plus the, the playoff events are moved, we're going to miss on some fantastic courses for FPO. I mean, Maple Hill is one that we all love. I mean, if we are not seeing FPO players, um, at Maple Hill, that, that will be disappointing. There's no, uh, around, there's no jumping around that fact. It is what it is. And then there's also other places where it is super enjoyable to watch the women play these courses. Uh, one that I want to mention, which I'll mention later is sunset Hills, uh, as part of the Ledgestone tournament. So it, it, it's saddening to see, but I, I think Matt said it well, that it's, it's about looking to the future and hopefully we can have a, a good outcome come from this if it has to be this way uh try to be as positive as you can given the circumstances um maybe the the rescheduled or moved fpo courses however best to word that um that go in tangent with the mpo events are at really cool courses that we don't normally get to see on tour and that they're up to par to our standards that we expect. So that would be really cool for seeing twice as many good courses. I'm really hoping for the best but <laughs> Like, it's, like Matt was saying, it's fluid. Who knows what to expect? So I'll, I'll leave it to you now, Nick. Uh, I mean, realistically, as you read over the Disc Golf Pro Tour's announcement of it, they are trying for most of the events, trying to figure out how to best help the situation that's already, it, it's, you know, it's not a great situation. MVP Open, canceling the FBO division, but working to schedule something in between the World Championships and the Women's Disc Golf um, United States Championships. They're working to make another FBO playoff event. Same thing with the Great Lakes Open. The F FBO division at the Great Lakes Open has been canceled, but they are looking to do it in a separate state that same week to make sure that the FBO still have that playoff event. Like I said, it's a very... You know, crazy situation, I would say. I think it's like any big news that happens in the world. We're all just so blown away by it. And I think a lot of people speak before really hearing the facts that are happening, have happened, and are going to happen. And that's like Matt was saying earlier, one of the biggest things that we can do right now is just let's see how this plays out. Give it a week or two, maybe even three weeks. We'll have more answers. We'll, you know, more than likely, we're going to talk about it on the show every single week. But... <laughs> From what I can look at, just reading the Disc Golf Pro Tour statement, is they are trying to make up for what is happening right now. Yeah, and so in in wrapping this up after you guys just gave your opinion on it, I mean, I see the chat saying all that they should have, this should have, that should, all these should haves. Like, I have an opinion too. The hard part is I'm not a part of that team in the decision making. So, like, generally speaking, I want to support people who are part of those teams. Doesn't mean I agree with them, but like I, I want to support the people that are really part of it instead of calling them out. I would say this too. I said, sit back patiently for a few weeks. If you are were at, at planning to go to one of these events and now you're asking for a refund, or you're just trying to stir the pot to see what will happen with that, give those tournament directors a little bit of grace there too. Um, give them a few weeks. Like they they have to deal with this too. They're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say give them a few weeks for that. And in fact, 
I don't mean to say it this flippantly, but if you if you're that strapped, and some of these events are cost money, I know. If you're that strapped for money, then do it. But otherwise, support the event, let it get figured out. You're part of disc golf. Um, last thing on this, the disc golf pro tour is gonna have to get creative. Plain and simple. There's gonna be creativity. Yeah. That's all my brain can think of. There's no way you fully satisfy everybody, but there's gonna have to be creativity as a part of the decision that goes forward here. There has to be. And then finally, Steve Dodge on our show last week. He shut down the conversation. I asked Ali Smith. I said, hey, did you hear about the rumors of the Pro Tour? You know, they're going around uh, next year. Maybe won't be a thing. And he shut it down. He said, there will be disc golf next year. Absolutely, there will be disc golf. And people were commenting like, oh, that's a horrible take. No, the disc golf Pro Tour supports. We can see it financially. We can see it through their investments, how they've been over the past few years. They're not just all of a sudden balking on that. So it's it's just a tough situation they're going to be figuring it out um i support i support the team there to figure that out um okay did we get an audio test by chance for page page can you give us like a clap or a click or a high and okay cool so we can hear there her so go. she's ready to go we've we brought in guests yeah. before and we're like just moving their mouths and we don't want to do that again so all right let's welcome to the show everybody uh page pierce uh i think Perfect. We can hear a dog. I don't think they can. Let's bring. Let's bring it. Okay, we'll bring her in. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. Oh, what in the? There she is. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Welcome, Paige. Hello. 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 How are you doing? Let's just talk about it right away. Um, pain has been like the the basis on how I'm doing. So uh, that's kind of how I'll answer it, but um yeah it's happened five days ago now and uh the first three days were like a 10 of 10 pain level i feel like i'm down to like a four starting to go down like the swelling is going down and um yeah i think the initial like you know uh <laughs> the initial like pain of it happening and then and then having to relocate it um was the most painful part so far um so yeah, it's it's gone down and it's getting better. I think it I'll get some more pain when surgery comes, but um it's it's on the up and up, I think. So Okay. You just mentioned surgery. But can you elaborate on like how this happened or is that too private and personal? I mean, you talked about a slippery bridge and you also mentioned scariest moment of your life to this point. Do you feel like telling us what happened? Yeah. Um I yeah, I was playing a practice round. Um I was with Missy and Tom and we went out, uh, we were the first ones on the course eight o'clock and, uh, it was, uh, probably, I don't know, around eight thirty or so, uh, we were on hole seven and, uh, yeah, like the bridge looked slippery. Um, I mean, every hole up to that point, like my desk was wet. I had to dry off my desk every hole, you know? Um, so the ground was wet and the bridge definitely looked slippery. And it's, it, I don't know if you guys saw it on coverage or not, but it's kind of like goes up at an angle and then back down and there's no handrails or anything on it. And I even had the thought, like, as I was about to go over it, I was like, wow, there's surprise. There's no guardrails because, because of the shape of the bridge, like how it goes up and down like that. And I was like, wow, it looks super wet, you know, all in my head, just thinking these thoughts and like taking my time with each step. And it was my very last step, um, you know uh silver linings you know mm. like luckily it was my last step or or i could have like fallen off the bridge 
I didn't fall off of it. I just like fell like it was my left foot kind of came out from under. Okay. Um, you can hear me. She kind of cut out for just a second there. Paige, can you hear me? Okay. You, okay. I think maybe your internet's just a little bit, yeah, maybe it muted right you now. for some reason. <clears throat> okay. Um, we can figure this out. So usually the quickest fix here, Paige, is for you to actually close out the browser and retap the link and get back in. It seems like sometimes there's something funky when the internet shuts off. So you can do that. Um, yeah, you no. no. So just yeah, yeah go just close out yeah, the browser close out and like, then join the link out the page and come back. Okay, quit out the page. Oh, <laughs> the web yeah. page. Um, so that's unfortunate. That's so as she's saying, her her um left foot cut out from her, then she cut out. Well, she's back. She's back. Kind Sorry. Of sideways. We'll figure this out. Oh. <laughs> It's not, it's like we're, we're now we're kind of making lighthearted of the moment, obviously, but, um, she's sideways on the screen. You can go on us, Nick. So okay. that way she's not sitting up there. Um, we'll wait for her to get reestablished here, but man, Evan, how are you doing? Paige, when, she's back. when you hear us, okay, let us know. Like you can, oh, oh she's going in and out. <laughs> um, just, just guys in sports in general, breaking legs, nugget. Like in acting, like great. Like, is breaking a leg better though than like tearing like your whatever in your leg? You know what I mean? Like, is yeah, a bone well, better? Okay, I couldn't it, tell you. No one got my acting joke. Is, uh, my now wife, uh, you know, as we've talked about, uh, is an athletic trainer. She might be watching right now. She said Shout she'll try Tracy. to tune in. Uh, yeah, hi Tracy, if you're watching, sorry to embarrass you. Uh, I think is what what she tells me is a clean break is generally better than um, a tearing of some sort. And she might correct me right away, but I, I think breaking your leg is I, I, I'm going to say it's better than tearing your ACL. Um, that is a really tough injury to get back from. Uh, but it's also how it breaks too. Now that I'm thinking about it more, uh, I, like I said clean break. If it breaks in a weird way, uh, it can be a lot worse. So I, I, I don't know exactly how it went. Uh, you know, I haven't seen Paige Pierce's x-rays and I don't know anything about it to analyze it. But if you were to, you could try to see how bad of a uh, injury it is from a recovery standpoint. She mentioned surgery, which I'm hoping we'll be able to ask her about here in a, in a minute. Um, it seems like her camera has given her, or not camera, maybe her internet connection slash camera. Uh, I can see, okay, it's, it looks like it's reloaded. Paige, can you hear us? If it's reloaded, it's very delayed. It, she like comes in for a second and then it's yeah. gone. It pops it out. Um, she mentioned surgery. Um, I'm just gonna try to lower her bandwidth, and uh, not that we have very much on it right now, but I'm gonna try to lower it anyways. Um, uh, surgery. Uh, I'm assuming that's obviously for the better, in the sense of like surgeries usually help make things better. So hopefully that's the case here, where yeah. I, I mean, I would assume, and I am no medical person whatsoever, but an injury like this, surgery coming on with that injury, are we talking season ending? Are we talking late autumn push, end of September, early October, you know? Like, I, I, I did ask Tracy what her thoughts were, and obviously it depends a lot on the type of person. <laughs> I, I um different types of athletes can recover quicker than others, depending on how hard you work in rehab, how quickly the muscles heal back. When you have a clean, clean break and you're 
uh, leg is going to be in a cast for so long. You're going to lose all your strength. So she's going to rebuild that all back. And it's a matter of how quickly she re rebuilds it back and how important the strength is needed. Um, like Tracy worked with football teams. If you're a football player, you need to have a lot more strength in your ankles uh, to get back to playing. And that could be up to a whole year. It's probably a season ending injury for disc golf. Your ankles are obviously important, um, but they're not quite uh, that level that football uh, needs. So it's something where it could be two months to maybe four months. But that's, again, I guess uh, maybe Paige can tell us more or if she's going through rehab, she'll have a better idea. And uh, we'll share that with people. Yeah. And just yeah. to be clear, we're going to we're going to actually end up calling her here. So just sit tight for a minute. You guys can keep talking. I'm going to get a phone call up and then I'll interrupt you when we're ready. Yeah, yeah, I mean, curiosity-wise, um, Ben, you can throw both Evan and I up if you can do two up, if that's a possibility. Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, you, you can, can talk first, Nick. Nick. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll go ahead. Um, so when we actually did uh, coursework at Goliath, the course that I live on, um, one of the things was building bridges, making sure bridges are safe for people. We do have some creeks on that property that we want to make sure people can get over. Now, I did see a picture of the bridge that's in question with the page situation, and I'm pretty sure if you know she can obviously describe it better, but it instantly arches right away, I think. Yeah, very, now, very significant arch. Yeah, I have no idea how big the creek is. You know, I have no idea how long the actual bridge itself is. Pictures never do it justice. But I know one of the things when we were building Goliath is I think in Virginia, it's six or seven feet. But if you have six or seven feet of depth below you, you know, if the fall could go that low, then we had to build handrails. So on the 18th hole at Goliath, we actually do have a bridge with handrails on it for that specific reason. Okay. Just we have Paige, we have Paige on the phone call. Um, right, Paige, can you hear us? Okay? She can hear us? Yes, I can hear you all. Yes. Perfect. So we'll use all a phone right. call instead of the internet. How about that? <laughs> sure. Yep. Okay, if this works for you. So you were telling us about walking down and your left foot slipped out from below you and kind of that's where you were at. If you want to try to pick it back up, how it went down. No, no pun intended how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like it was my last step, you know, like the end was in sight and um, my left foot just kind of like slid. And um, yeah, I tried to like catch my fall and you know, hindsight, I'm like, man, if I just would have let myself fall, maybe I just would have hit my butt, you know, but um, anyway, in the moment of time, like I just, I tried to stop myself from falling and uh, I don't really like know how, but it just like, uh, it just made like a really crazy noise, like a popping sound. And uh, I, I knew before I even hit the ground, like that was, I never felt anything like that or heard anything. And then uh, I actually then um because i was slipping my weight was all going forward because the bridge is kind of like downhill um like i ended up landing on my foot again so like my foot was underneath my butt when i w like eventually hit the ground um and i heard it pop again um yeah so um yeah just excruciating pain and i like i said i just knew something was wrong in the moment like Missy was right behind me. She, she said that in the moment she was also on the bridge and, uh, um, she, she said, you know, I can't, I can't, I just can't believe like it was that bad because like, it just looked like a normal fall, you know, like someone falls, they sprain their ankle or they, you know, something, something, but like for it to be that bad just was 
kind of freak accident, I think. But um, yeah, it ends up like it's broken in three different spots um, and it was also dislocated. And um, yeah, so it was also just crazy being in a foreign country and, um, you know, having to go to a hospital in a foreign country was kind of a crazy thing. Like, actually, you can't just go to the hospital in Norway. You have to get recommended by a doctor. So, um, yeah, we had to drive to Vestnes and go to a doctor, get recommended, then drive like an hour into Alessand and go to the hospital. But um, got x-rays and CT scans, and um, they were able to relocate it, I guess is kind of the correct term, I guess. I'm not sure, but um, just like kind of put it back into its proper placement and put the cast on it to like keep it in alignment. And uh, yeah, they recommended me to um, go home um, and get the surgery here because um, like the way it works is like it's too swollen for surgery um, right away. So you have to wait for the swelling to go down. And they said, you know, between six and 14 days, like, but you, you know, yeah, you want to get it as soon as possible. But obviously with the swelling up, it like they said, it makes the incisions harder. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I actually got home late last night and went to the doctor here this morning and they did some more x-rays. And um, he said, honestly, everything like, the, the doctors in Norway did did a really good job um, getting it back in alignment. He said it looks perfectly straight and where it should be, um, and the swelling's swelling's doing better. But he said we're going to give it a few more days and let the swelling go all the way down, and then uh, have surgery scheduled next Tuesday. Um, yeah. Mm. So have the doctors yeah. talked much on? Obviously, I mean, it sounds like kind of a major surgery for the three different breaks that you have. Have they talked about any sort of timeline with, I guess, any of this, or is it still too early to tell? Um, yeah, I mean, they they gave me a little bit of a timeline, but it's kind of like you know we'll have to. This is like hopeful, and we'll have to see and stuff. But um, yeah, so surgery um, after surgery, it will be like six weeks before they want me to put any weight on it at all. Um, mm -hmm. And then at that six week mark, we can kind of, I'll, I'll go back in there and assess, you know, assess it. And we'll take whatever kind of casting they have off and try to get me into like some sort of boot. Um, but then it's going to be slow going for like, just like, you know, listening to the body, like how much weight can we put on it? Um, and then he said like, 10 weeks is like the hopeful of like when I can get back to any sort of like athletic activity. Um, and that's, but <laughs> you know, on the forms you have to fill out your occupation and stuff. And I put, you know, professional disc golfer and um, he's like, yeah, I see that you're a athlete. He's like, I, I don't mean that by like, you know, you're going to be competing again at 10 weeks, but you know, I mean, in a perfect world, maybe, but like 10 weeks is, athletic activity he's meaning like physical therapy starting and yeah. trying to get the strength back and the and the balance he said the balance is going to be something uh to shoot for um balance and strengthening so i mean i mean you know my brain's hearing 10 weeks okay cool um <laughs> scary but 
still cool um, to, you know, think that there's a possibility of maybe playing another event or two um, this season. But, you know, I also don't want to get my hopes up and like, re, you know, re be disappointed because, you know, in the moment of hearing the snaps, like I know in that moment, I'm not playing PCS. I'm not playing European Open and mm -hmm. Like the amount of pain I was in, I was like, my brain was like, okay, what is today? Middle of July, August, September. Oh, I don't think I'm playing Worlds, you know, like uh, just, you know, before even talking to a doctor is just like trying to like get over the disappointment before somebody tells me. And then I'm just like, you know, dealing with my emotions in front of people. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, hopefully ten weeks, but I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the rest of the season. But yeah. Mm. So, quick question: Have you ever broken a bone before? No, it's my first time in a hospital. Never broken a bone. Never anything. Never even had like an IV. So I was just like, I, and that's kind of what I meant by the scariest thing, like. It's scary just, you know, laying on the ground knowing, like, you can't get up and, you know, like, not knowing what your future holds and not knowing, like, what 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 any kind of um, procedures are like in a hospital. Like, you know, I've never been to a hospital. Um, and then to, like, also to be in a foreign country and to not know what they're saying to each other. And, you know, I don't want to, like, say that they did a bad job. They actually did really good, like as far as communicating it to me and like after I removed myself from the hospital, I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually kind of glad that was mostly in Norwegian because I would have been more scared, like hearing all the terminology and, you know, it would, it made it more real if I would have been able to understand it all. But yeah, I just, the whole thing was just scary. Like, I mean, I have like a real fear of like anything going into my vein like that, like an IV every time I watch a movie or something and they got, IVs, I'm like, I can't even look at the screen. Um, so, yeah, I was <laughs> I was definitely a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> screaming and crying and, um, yeah, didn't, didn't take it too well, I don't think. But they were all <laughs> I'm, um, very nice. I'm glad, you're la yeah. I'm glad you're laughing in this moment, Paige. I just put a smile on my face, but that, that had to be horrible. Um, and then... What do you do? You're, you're Paige Pierce. You're competitive. You're driven from what we see, you know, especially from a fan's perspective. Um, what do you do with a broken leg? Like, I know you're only five <laughs> days in. Like, are you getting into, yeah. like, are you doing lots of board games? Like, what are you going to do? Have you thought through this? Do you have a plan? No, I mean, literally, like I said, I just got home late last night. So, mm. you know, the like I said, the first three days were just excruciating pain. It was kind of just like... This sounds crazy to say it out loud, but like just like wishing the days would end, you know, like because mm -hmm. the pain just wouldn't stop. And, mm. you know, uh, just like not wanting to be in my body and just like wanting wanting to just sleep the day away, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I feel very fortunate to be out of that part of it and, you know, be like. I'm not even the past two days. I haven't even taken any, any like even Tylenol or anything. So, um, you know, to feel like I can manage my pain now and to also like 
be back in my home and to like feel some sort of comfort, you know, because like, be, I mean, geez, the, <laughs> yesterday was crazy being like air, airport traveling, like three different airports and, you know, being on a flight for nine hours and, oh, it was, yeah, crazy. But um, yeah, so today has really been my first day um, living this new chapter. Um, and even, even this morning, you know, we were at the hospital for four hours with the surgery or with the x-rays and uh, consultation and all that. So um, I think the new reality is just kind of setting in and I actually uh, had a little bit of an Amazon shopping spree of like broken leg accessories. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Cause just like, I, I mean, yeah, you guys know the competitive side of me and stuff, but like, I'm just, I'm very independent and just like never really sit still. Um, just kind of like always doing something, even if I don't have anything to do, I'm just like making something up to do and obsessive about, you know, things being in this, in the right space and stuff. And so like not being able to get up as, as frequently and stuff. So anyway, I bought a, one of my accessories I bought was a, I don't know if you've seen these like scooters, like mm-hmm. they're, I think they're called knee, knee scooters. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, they actually gave me one for free today at the doctor, which I thought was awesome. Like just a rent, like to yeah. get through it until after surgery. But I ended up buying one on Amazon that has all terrain wheels so that maybe I could <laughs> go play. <laughs> not, I'm not going to do anything crazy, but just like, and then I can be on grass a little bit maybe and like maybe yeah you know throw a sidearm or two get, um, get a battery powered one <laughs> no yeah i don't want to be able to go fast i feel like that could <laughs> get crazy and like i thought about oh cool we can walk the dogs but like i don't want them to be pulling me so yeah i'm i'm still trying to figure out what what life looks like <sighs> i can get around my house pretty well with a scooter and go to the bathroom by myself now and Ugh. I wish it was my left arm. Missy was making a joke. I could have just got a cast and like put it up in the air and like changed my form to like Garrett Gersey form and yeah. I would have been still competing. Hey, yeah. I can, just can, saw can the PDGA. I just saw the PDGA post this like, uh, I don't know the right word here, but for people with disabilities that are in wheelchairs, they just posted okay. this like new addendum to a rule that says players can play in wheelchairs now and they actually have wording for how to establish a lie between like the two front wheels and everything so you can look up that rule get out there in a wheelchair and play (laughs) that's crazy well i i mean with my left leg it's like uh, yeah i'm not going to be able to compete with one leg (laughs) definitely not but uh yeah i think it'll help me with my sidearms you know i can just kneel on the scooter and work Mm. on my angles and such wow all right quick page was it uh in the chats asking this as well and i I might have totally missed it but was it your left leg or your right leg yeah it's it's my left ankle and it's uh yeah yes all three there's like three bones that are in the ankle it's unfortunately all three of them okay wow but on the left one okay gotcha thank you i know that uh we had multiple comments in the chat just asking about that so yeah i think it's i think it will be a blessing that it's my left one because all I'm going to be doing is like pushing the weight off it and not rotating on it. Um, so yeah, 
just also kind of like working through all those thoughts and yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, just, it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen and I'm going to have to see how my body reacts to the surgery and how I feel like I'm like athletic and, you know, hopefully my body, I mean, my body's done me well up to this point. So hopefully she heals well and, soon yeah um obviously respond with no comment if you have no comment but during this whole situation news came out in the fpo division do you have any comment on that have you heard about it or have you been traveling and aren't aware uh yes definitely heard about it um yeah um pretty crazy timing too like you know the day after uh so yeah I've been trying to not let it affect me. I feel like it's a mental test for me. You know, I feel devastated and blindsided and lots of emotions, but, you know, it doesn't actually affect me because of my leg. So I'm trying to my best to not let it mentally affect me, but, um, you know, my heart still goes out for, everybody that it does affect and um you know a lot of affects a lot of people not just players you know fans and tournament directors and sponsors and the pro tour and natalie and like there's so many people affected by this decision and um yeah it's just it's crazy that it's gone it's come to this and it's really sad for the sport of disc golf i feel yeah, and again, I know it was, it's such short notice, both your leg breaking and this news, so it's hard to have a strong like reaction, or it's easy to have a reaction, but I know you're such a positive thinker. Are you thinking, have you had time to think anything positive about this yet? Both, I guess, both the broken leg or the news of FPO. Yours, and maybe, you know, in these times, it's not the right time to ask you to think to be positive, but I just know that about you. Have you had any of those moments yet? Is there anything you could share with us? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because, you know, you, like, from a spectator's per, per perspective, like, they're going to have to now choose, like, with the events being so close together, um, uh, distance-wise, uh, like, I think they're shooting for, like, 90 minutes or an hour and a half. Um, to two hours of distance uh, from event to event. Um, you know, the spectators are going to have to choose where to go. And so I think it's going to create a, a division in, in, you know, where the fans are. And that also brings in a lot of, yeah, there's, I don't see too many positives coming from it right now. Um, I, I just see a lot of separated talent as far as like the media crews. I see a lot, I see a lot of logistical issues, but you know, I, I feel like I have faith in the pro tour that they've, you know, made it this far, you know, look at the growth that we've had since the time that the pro tour has, has been established. And I feel, um, like it was kind of a rash decision um at least 
at least from what I know, we, you know, none of us were prepped of any of this. Um, but I, you know, they've always thrown disc golf, so I have to assume that they know what they're doing. And hopefully, you know, while I can't see any positives right now, that you know, something, something's hidden there that I that I just haven't thought of yet. Yeah, and and it's it's I guess it's fair. You're on a podcast for me to ask it, but it's hard. You just went through broken leg and travel and everything else. It's like whatever you just answered, we won't even hold you to it. You know, you're probably still not in the right mindset. No, I don't know. Um, you're you're not on super no, heavy I pain think meds right I now. Said it's completely no. Okay. I think everything I just said I would stand by. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know why anybody would ever think any differently. You know, like there is a lot of challenges and problems that are going, that are already occurring from this. But like I said, I think the pro tour is, they're very professional, you know, and mm -hmm. they know how to handle things. So I got to hope it's in our best interest and that's all I can do. You know, they're yeah. my bosses. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I don't have a job if it's not for the pro tour. So yeah, hopefully they, they see the, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> a lot, a lot is happening and you have significant life things happening. We're really appreciative that you'd come on and talk about it. I know, uh, listeners of our show and I'm sure fans of yours, uh, wanted to understand more so they can root for you in a, in a specific way. Um, and now we know how to do that and the timeline it's associated with that. Um, is there any way that you Paige Pierce, the competitor, would be encouraged by our listeners like is it messages is it thoughts how can they do that for you i mean <laughs> i think i mean i think just talking to me like normal like this is not my whole life even though it maybe kind of seemingly is but yeah i just going to the players party the final day of the uh pcs you know, just everyone walking up to me with just like pity and it, I understand it. And I think I would do the same, you know, when somebody, when something bad happens to someone, it's like, it's hard to find what to say. And it's like, just, you know, don't worry about saying sorry or you feel bad or, you know, just talk to me like normal and just maybe try to make me laugh or something like that. <laughs> we'll think of things that make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope in some way, somehow with all this going on that if you get the green light and you're able to even attend an event, be able to go up and hang yeah. out. I don't know how any of that will work, but we, we do hope that this doesn't, you know, completely sideline you from the sport of disc golf just at all. And if you're ever bored on Monday nights, we'd love to have you on the show whenever you want <laughs> to talk about just anything realistically. <laughs> she has the hotline yeah, now. Yeah. Save this phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to try to make it to some events. Obviously, that would be well after surgery. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, they were, I feel like I've got to see who wins Worlds, you know? Like, I, I feel like I might try to make that happen if it's feasible. But um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, at least until after surgery, what, what what's recommended and all that. So. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. one way that all of our listeners right now could help out Paige Pierce and support her in any way is going to Paige's website. Paige, I'll let you say exactly <laughs> what it is, but just going on and supporting her by buying a disc, some apparel, Discraft has some awesome collabs with Paige. Check it out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Pagefierce.com. And yeah, I have all kinds of like merch on there and then lots of discs too. And we have a release, I think it's on the 26th. So got some like new Jawbreakers, the Fierces coming and uh, a new uh, passion as well for Ledgestone. Uh, so yeah, definitely check those out when they drop, I think next week. So hell yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, absolutely. No Paige, thank you very much for your time. And uh, we wish you the best. I was going to say get better quick, but you can only do it as quick as you can. So we wish the best. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. All right. Take it easy. Everybody, Paige Pierce taking the time to join our show. Uh, totally appreciative of that. Yeah. Sorry about the uh, no video call with her. The internet was being a little bit wonky on her side. And to get the best interview that we could with her, just a phone call works just as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of our it makes no difference to our post audio yeah, like what are you talking about so, it's the same thing <laughs> yeah um, exactly i also think it's worth noting that it, at the in the broadcast final round of the pcs open for fpo Paige pierce did make an appearance um i think she was on this one of the scooters she was talking about probably a different one because it was in norway mm-hmm. um of some sort made an appearance on the course around hole 18 uh general um area of the course the the broadcast drone was uh showing her as a very cool moment as the tournament was kind of wrapping up i know it was pretty early morning for lots of people over here in the states uh but it was very cool to see so if she makes an appearance at worlds we get to see a little cameo uh that'd be very cool uh but wish her the best in the recovery and not gonna hold her to that because that's still a pretty tough thing to do while you're so uh, in a cast or in a boot and recovering absolutely and i i kind of want to go back and we don't always pick apart our interviews but that's navigating obviously a sensitive situation for her in all aspects very personal private you know her life's public in a lot of ways but broken legs and just hearing about everything that's involved with the recovery I, i'm really appreciative she did that then for me to kind of ask her it, i i gave her an out i said you can say no comment i mean but she she alluded or not alluded she decided to kind of say a little bit on the idea of fpo and her feelings on it i know she's a really positive thinker so i kind of asked like Hey, Paige, give us the positive side. That's how you are. And she struggled to do that or said she couldn't right now. Um, I want to give everybody that opportunity to say what they want to say on it. I already mentioned, you know, um, there are a group of FPO players who feel like this is unfortunate. They're not really happy with it, but they're supportive. Paige did say that. She did. She did say she she has to believe that the pro tour is has the best interest here. And so she's going to stand behind that right now. Um, But I did say one thing, and it's just the nature of a live show. I was like, hey, we won't hold anything against you that you just said. Like, and I was just trying to say off, like, be nice. Like, hey, like, it, you know, you're on the spot with this stuff. Like, we won't. And she, I think yeah. she was a little bit taken back. Like, why would I care? Like, I just said what I meant. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I wasn't trying to imply anything there. I just wanted to be nice and, and give her that opportunity to say, listen, like, you're, you're going through a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's interesting to hear her perspective on that as well. Uh, obviously very invested as a competitive FPO player. Um, wow. That, that's the first injury interview we've had. That's incredible. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was like shuddering at some of that stuff. Me too. I was intern Ben here. Hi. Um, I thought we fired you. What? <laughs> Again? Um, <laughs> where's your studio? I'm right here. Um, but yeah. if, you, if you go to him on studio, just, we don't hear anyone oh, else. Yeah, you oh, don't. gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, just like yeah, it, that's why I just feel very bad for all, all, um, just thinking about what happens. Like it made me like, like oh my goodness. So um, 
Imagine I've never yeah. had that feeling, and and I get why it'd be so scary. That feeling of not being able to Hope get she up. Hope heals fast. Like, hey, I can't, I can't get up. Like that is scary. Yeah. That'd be really scary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, I I do want to say I I stand with Paige that IVs scary. Like yeah. things going in your body scary. Broken bones. Like I don't want. Uh, it freaks me out. You donate out. blood, Evan. I I would love to, but I I too freaked out by it. Like really? it's honestly like I'm close uh, to that, it, Evan. I'm probably I, halfway between you and Nick. Then like I'm like I do not do it unless I have to. I, I could care less. I, if I have a chance to donate blood, I donate blood wherever I go. Like if if I know a blood run is happening somewhere, or like when I was in college, um, we did one. I think mm. twice a year. High school, we did them, and I happily donate. That's not, awesome. not my choice. I'll do it, yeah. and I'll and I'll try to. As they... it usually, men, I got out of class early too, so that might have been one of the hey, reasons. I've I've never been cookies. Do they not like? Yeah, well, you juice? had. Yeah, you had to eat uh, cranberry juice. I'm pretty sure, and then or apple juice, one or the other. But they're both amazing. Yep. Um, and then they gave you cookies because obviously you're. I don't know, but... You need more blood back in your body, and best way to do that's cookies. Yeah, I'm down with cookies, or man. Just vampire it. I'm probably not going to do that. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, let's move interview into... The, uh, this will turn into Interview with the Vampire. I'm actually, All good we, movie we, people will know that. We flipped the show. And Evan, if you have a minute, or are you ready? I mean, you have a minute. But if you're ready, would you give us the recap of what happened uh, this past weekend or week uh, a lot? I think Master Worlds, PCS Open, and there might have been a few others that pros played out but not on tour so whatever you have for a yeah. recap we'll take it then we have a few uh segments to close out with that i think are fairly entertaining so go ahead Devin. yeah I'll, I'll keep it a little bit on the lighter side it won't be the full recaps i okay. normally give since we are solely in the show but i will still give a lot of good things and try to get to uh at least the the quick part of everything i mean uh we interviewed paul Macbeth, and and that one's pretty obvious he won the pcs open it was first elite win of the year as you said matt um it was 315 days since his last elite or major win which was a pretty good win as he said himself, 2022 <laughs> Worlds. Uh, but let's talk about FPO because although we interviewed Paige and we talked about the PSC Soap and we, uh, the show has never once said who won that event, but it was indeed Kristen Zatar. Uh, she, she entered the tournament, uh, sorry, she entered the final round, excuse me, with a three-stroke lead. Um, she is now 13 for 13, uh, closing out an event on tour with a three-stroke lead into the final round. But... That makes it sound easier than it was. Uh, she was ahead of Missy Gannon. Missy Gannon tied it up, I think, by hole eight, and then kind of was a back-and-forth battle. Uh, Kristen getting back ahead, Missy tying it up, all sorts of craziness. Kristen Tatar had three bogeys in a row, which was the first time she's done that in a, a, a while. I think it was open at Austin this season was the only other time she has done that. Uh, but ultimately, Kristen Tatar holds on for a one-stroke victory. Uh, it's her sixth elite major of the season that ties her career best with last year. Of course, as people would guess, uh, one more win and she'll have a better season as far as wins goes, uh, than last season, which was already so incredible. Uh, it's her ninth Euro tour win. Uh, this event being a DGPT elite event was also a PDGA Euro tour was a combo event points count for both tours. Uh, and with it being her ninth Euro tour win, she now has the most FPO Euro tour wins in history. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me, so I'm sorry but passing uh, another player uh, in uh I, I gotta find the name hold on uh natalie holokoy i i i think that's close i think i got confidence it is key with these names just confidence yeah. <laughs> and she she had eight wins uh in Euro tour wins from 2013 to 2016 time frame so a little bit ago uh believe it or not uh 
then um let's talk about the uh, the rest of mpo too uh well i guess the rest of both i only said the winners this is kind of all over the place uh but uh Paul mentioned James Proctor. He came into the uh, final round, tied for the lead with Calvin Heimberg. Uh, as Paul was kind of alluding to, Calvin Heimberg uh, struggled with the putter. Uh, he was just he was missing makeable putts for even Ben, who uh, is complaining about his putting as of what? today. Um, and I don't mean that to rip on Calvin, but just to explain the situation, he was just he just didn't have it for about probably the front nine or first 12 holes before you kind of got it back and uh, finished on the podium still. But James Proctor looking fantastic before McBeast just came back and uh, caught him. But Proctor was looking for his first win on tour of his career, but ultimately did not get it. Um, let's see. Uh, Eagle McMahon also had a, a solid event. Uh, he was on lead card in second round, ultimately finished fourth place um and we saw ricky wasaki take fifth although it was a pretty quiet fifth place if i'm going to be honest about ricky um he's going into the coming off the win at preserve uh first event in your uh in europe you know maybe people will will give him a pass maybe people expect more out of him but i will say as we head into the major this coming week that's a big thing for rick he of course has said he cares about all disc golf pro tour majors all the same if the field's there uh it's it's all the same but at the same time he has not won a major since 2017 uh it's been i think 14 or 15 events from him all great finishes or maybe not all but a lot of very good finishes at majors but hasn't gotten that win um actually i I pulled it up just today since ricky wasaki's last major win paul Macbeth has six major titles Mm. oh which isn't crazy um and fpo uh definitely worth mentioning evelina salonen had a fantastic event uh she finished in third place heidi Lane finished in fourth i think i said that right that's her best elite major of her career and sarah hokum rounds it out in fifth but i do want to mention one more name um ida emily nessie mm. nessie finished sixth uh i believe she's 15 years old mm-hmm. she's only 874 rated uh, she made the lead card in the final round. Uh, she ended up finishing sixth in a cashing position, but declined cash. Um, so she is having aspirations to stay an amateur. She's only 15, uh, a long career in front of her if uh, she wishes. That's incredibly cool to see. But with her being from Norway, Evelina Salonen being from Finland, Missy Gannon being from the United States, and Krista Tatar being from Estonia, this was the first time at a... Uh, I think I said all elite or majors. I forget exactly what the stat is. I'm winging it here. Uh, but the first time we have seen four different nationalities represented on the final round lead card at elite, elite or majors. This is definitely a least disc golf pro tour elite, but I believe it was elite or majors all time, which is unreal. Like that's that it hasn't happened, but also a very cool thing that it did end up happening. Mm. Um, I, I want to swing it over to two more events. We have Master Worlds in Turku. Uh, but if you guys have any uh, responses, I will. I, I have to talk about a different event right now. And I'm going to bring up the Lost Valley Open A tier that just happened. Because down in Pennsylvania, two of our boys from Massachusetts, Kyle Wadsworth Moriarty and Paul Kranz, went into an epic playoff at an A tier down there. Kyle is one of my favorite people in all of disc golf. And I've become very good friends with Paul as of recent. Amateur since he's gotten into the sport. What's that? Amateur world champion, Paul Kranz. 
Amateur world champion, Paul Kranz. Um, Awesome, awesome dude, both from Massachusetts. Anyways, Kyle was one of my favorite people, or excuse me, is one of my favorite people, but was one of the first competitors <laughs> in uh, disc golf when I first kind of got competitive in the Amp 2, Amp 1 days, and was just one of the nicest people ever to me. And we've been very, very good friends for a number, a number of years now. But after 13 years of playing, he finally got his first A-tier win. So to Kyle, Wadsworth, Moriarty, I love you, man. Great win. Mm. And uh, Paul Kranz shot like a 1083 final round to force the playoff. 14 down. So shout out to him. Heard That's... it was a course record. Oh my God, I'm sure. If you're shooting 1083 almost anywhere, not on the Pro Tour, it's you probably play, a course record. You ever play AGA Farms? Not yet. It's I've only played incredible. one course. No, I've, I've played it's two awesome. courses in Pennsylvania. It is yeah. awesome. It's got to be my favorite I've course heard, I've ever played in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I've heard incredible things yeah. about it. And um, Is yeah. that... Is that like Philly area or like Northeastern or uh, Central it's or Western? Like, give me to, give me a rough idea. Okay, I'm probably way off, but it's it is That's closer. It is. it is closer to the Philly side. I think it's north of there though. It's north like of there. Scranton area. Uh, no, or like in between the two. No, I want to say it's I, still. Further. I don't know. I don't know Let's Pennsylvania see. geography that well, but at least know. Okay, generally know within a few hours. Cities. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay either Let's way say. it's a hike from here so yeah but very it cool. is south of easton yeah it is north of philly that's what i was trying to say right. originally it's yeah. a little bit north i would of say okay. probably a little over an hour north of philly is yeah. what it looks like all right very cool very it's six cool. hours away from where i am right now anyways uh go ahead on the big events that happened though yeah well i'll swing it over to turku first and then we'll hit uh masters worlds because we have to mention that as well mm -hmm. um turku was a european pro tour event and and Paul kind of alluded to that, you know, he isn't totally sure and that the players might not totally be sure. And that's, that's totally understandable. I'm not even a hundred percent sure what the players feel either, but I do want to explain a little bit behind it. Uh, Turku was a European pro tour event. This was a tour that started last year. Think of it in a similar vein as the disc golf pro tour. They're a private entity trying to make a tour, uh, a continental tour for Europe kind of follows the same general structure that the, uh, that the disc golf pro tour was. They have live stream events. They have disc golf stream. They have a championship at the end of the year, I believe in Spain. Um, or maybe it's an all-stars uh, technically it's called but the uh, same idea uh they operate all throughout europe but they do have some events in finland um then the P uh, euro tour is the pdga euro tour it's a similar to what the national tour was for many years and when there's kind of that crossover from 2016 to 2021 uh minus 2020 with covid uh there's the crossover and there's kind of two tours the schedule somewhat matched uh, sorry somewhat uh meshed together well as in there weren't uh, crossover events but the opposite has been happening in europe where there's the the season's a lot shorter their summer's a lot shorter so they just jam pack all these events in real quick uh so there's been you know events every single week just about on both tours there is one more called the prodigy disc pro tour uh that's a very good tour you'll see it on udisc as well um that is a finnish national tour um, I believe it is technically a private entity. I don't know if it's owned by Prodigy or if they're just the uh, main sponsor. It's had different names in the past, so it might just be a main sponsor. Uh, but they're only in Finland, um, and they have a little bit of a shorter season, only six or so events. But it's it's generally very good fields. It's not just Finnish players. You see Mari Vilman uh, play a handful of those, and I think he won a few. Maybe he won European Pro Tours, and I'm mixing it up. But um, 
a lot of different tours, a lot of different events happening. Europe has a ton of good courses, as we know, uh, so in a ton of good spots to host tournaments. So it is a lot of craziness. But this event specifically was powered by Prodigy. So I, I believe that had a big hand in a few big Americans sponsored by Prodigy playing in this event. Uh, Isaac Robinson played it, Alden Harris. Um, and I think there was one more American that played it. But uh, the story of this was... They kind of didn't play super well over in Europe. Um, the best American of the bunch was Isaac Robinson, who finished in eighth. He was 10 strokes back. The winner, Jesse Niemannen. 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 I think I'm maybe. Probably saying too much. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, where he won it by four strokes. Second place was a sub 1000 rated player, which uh, I think speaks more to uh, what a great finish then it was a weak field because it was a very good field for a Europe event. Um, it was uh Larry Hamalanen and then Michael <laughs> Hame, who's very good. Uh, Yunus Altu, Christian Kuoksa, I'm naming all these players who are very good. Mari Vilman, who's won a bunch of events this year, finished in eighth, final Makala in 10th. Um, oh, Ezra Robinson in 15th. There he is. Um, so, uh very cool uh that there's uh so many opportunities to play but it, it does make it a little bit confusing for all the different events uh to swing it over at fpo we saw rachel turton uh take it down silva saranen finished in third she's one of a lot of events recently uh rachel turton um is from the uk um and i believe she played in the uh, pcs silver event last year uh but and chose to go to turku instead um if i'm being honest as the Americans all flooded to PCS Open. I bet you it might have been smarter to go over here, get a top 10 finish uh, compared to uh, finishing in the 30s. I mean, maybe that's um, that's selling them short, but yeah. like, it's not a given to make a top 20. You have to really, really yeah. earn it. And it's not a given to make a top 10 in Turkey. But it, I think people understand where I'm going is that it could have been a you know cost analysis play on which event to play. Um, I. To swing it back, actually, to PCS Open real quick, there's only one European player in the MPO top 10. Um, it was, uh, I have it right here, Yalmar Fredrickson. Uh, he finished tied for ninth. All Americans otherwise in the top 10 of the MPO uh, final placing. And then I, I missed this too, but I want to mention it. Paul Yolari finished 11th. Uh, great finish for him, but it was also his 200th elite or major start. He is the first player to ever hit 200 elite or majors in pro open, whether MPO or FPO. Uh, and of course, with that, he's also has the most all-time starts uh, of anyone in MPO or FPO at elite or majors. Very cool. Big accomplishment for him. But speaking... Who, who is second in that? Do you have any idea? Uh, I think it's Paul Macbeth because they. Oh, okay. I, I would have to double check. But I yeah. think he's at like 196 because okay. uh, Paul Yulbari and Paul Macbeth both tied Dave Felberg for the Dave Felberg had the most. Yeah, um, I think he's around like 192, 193 now because uh, he's played a few events or at least Champions Cup. They tied I just, him. I just got a test message saying Jalmar just turned 16 as well. Halmar, Jalmar. I, I I went to the restroom really quick, so I totally missed what you were saying for the last two <laughs> yeah, minutes. That's funny. But I didn't know. I that. did get a text saying he just turned sixteen. Yeah, and he was a. I think he was a lefty as well. But yeah, it. That's. Okay. Oh, was that the the lefty that was killing it over at a uh, PCS? <sighs> yeah, I think like so. they, they showed him on coverage a couple times, and they were saying yeah, he was fifteen he, or sixteen. Okay, yeah, that would be the same guy. He was playing pretty yeah. well. I think he he fell later in the tournament down to ninth. Yeah. Oh my god, down to ninth at an elite series event. Uh, oh, yes, oh, of course. Geez. Yeah. I 
yeah it's meant to be that it was even better before yeah. so yes thank you nick for uh yeah. making better emotion on that <laughs> i got you all right that was a little wild but let's bring it over to masters worlds um i i think we only i only want to cover just mpf 40 there's a lot other stats uh, a lot of other uh long time major winners showing up and now that i'm saying it i do want to mention fp50 as well so, so I'm just I, I, I was gonna mention divisions. it if you did <laughs> but uh let's start with own scoggins yeah. who won fp40 uh by 15 uh i think it's her is it her third straight uh uh fp40 worlds or fp40 major title i forget which one um but probably big third fp40 major title if i was doing a trivia game that's what i'd say yeah um yeah i, I i've said so many things right now that i'm, I'm kind of going a little <laughs> bit empty in the brain so i don't want to say anything <laughs> wrong um but over in mp40 we had joe revere uh who's now won back to back with kayla Vesca. Love Visca, excuse me. I've been mispronouncing all these European names, and then I, I know how to pronounce Kales, and then I mispronounce it too. Uh, he finishes in second, which uh, I'm almost rooting for Kale to win these, but it's super cool to see Joe Revere win it as well. Uh, of course, being a, a a huge name in Colorado, uh, not that I know him or, or played with him or anything, but playing in Colorado, it's cool to see people doing well from Colorado. But of, of course, we see you know Eagle Man, Aaron Gossage, Joel Freeman, all these players do super well. Uh, but, Derek White. Derek White, are you kidding me? Yes, Ben. Thank you. Uh, but let's cover FP50. Oh my goodness. Go buffs. Uh, I don't have any any buff stuff on my wall because it's so empty, which actually this will be the last episode in this apartment, which is very cool. Wow. Uh, as you can see by it's We're doing a giveaway. Empty. Uh, we're leaking Evan's my, new address. So you got to subscribe my, for it. Yeah. And like this TV is going if people want it no i'm just kidding i don't i don't know maybe not look into but the camera FB, <laughs> tell FB us about 50, your apartment and it's FB emptiness winner ben we're we're not talking about my apartment anymore we are talking about juliana corver who won by 28 strokes in fp50 uh very 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 cool uh juliana corver we had her on the show for finishing third at an elite event earlier this year uh and she goes on to take down an fp50 major uh by a whole heck of a lot of strokes wow that uh, that was epic and usually it happens at the beginning of the show and it's like that starts the show off on the right foot but paul Macbeth started the show off on the right foot tonight so that was cool too um so where do we go from here i think we move into a few topics we have a little bit of time left first of all shout out to new zealanders now, the reason I say that is because I forgot to shout them out after my week at Junior Worlds and Worlds. I had a group from New Zealand, and I totally apologize. I don't remember every name, and I don't remember all the names from my friends now in New Zealand. But there was one of them, Nick. And I hope he gets a, I go, I hope he gets a real kick out of this right now, that he's hearing his story on air. But when he, he came up to meet me, and he said, I can't do the New Zealand accent. It's really cool. Like, yeah, don't try it. Like, what's is New Zealand accent like? It comes, it's in the movie like Jurassic Park, like that kind of an accent. Like, I don't know. Like, that, well, it's just like a spinoff of Australia, yeah. which also explains the uh, country too. Are you the friend of Nick Carl? No. Okay, he did something along those lines. That sounded more he walked more Russian like, or German. Okay, how about this? <laughs> Crikey, look, we got here. That's Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. Let's, so uh, it, let's go American. All right, American hamburgers. Okay. So he walks up to me and he says in the New Zealand accent, which is awesome. We love it. He mm -hmm. says, 
Oh. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to do the accent. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <laughs> okay. And, and he goes, <laughs> Man, he just because it's so because it's so prevalent to my mind in yeah. this story. And he goes, "Are you the friend of Nick Carl?" And that's how he introduced himself to me. And I said, "Yes, I am." And he thought that was awesome, just rubbing my face that it's the Nick in my show. Are you the friend of Nick Carl? Yes, I am. And he's nice. never met you before, but he thought that was a blast, and Sick. I did too. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. And I you remember his name? I don't. But he said that he's out in like the middle of nowhere, New Zealand. And I think he said he was in like, I want to say it was like a wood mill. I'm remembering parts of this. Like he's literally okay. out in like the, 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 I don't know, the lowlands or whatever you want to call it. He's like, just imagine he says the Nick and Matt show broadcasting out in the middle of nowhere, New Zealand loudly Sick. while I work in my like shop. And I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thank you. How, how old, how old were they? <sighs> These were amateur players. So I don't know their age. Okay. They were definitely yeah. in our age range. And then okay, gotcha. they had a po- another group from New Zealand that a guy that lived out in the U.S., traveled out there. They have a podcast. And if I remember the name of the podcast, I'd shout it out. But it's from New Zealand. It's all about New Zealand disc golf. And uh, gotcha. he says they well, often they often during their show be like, we were listening on the Nick and Matt show and they're talking about this. And then they bring up topics. Nice. So they, they, they appreciate what we're doing yeah. here. Well, to the people who said, you know, are you fr- are you the guy that's friends <laughs> with Nick Carl? If you if you reach out to us on Instagram. I will gladly send you a disc Yes, just for, you know, doing that to Mac. Cause it's it was awesome. hilarious. It was. So awesome. please reach out on Instagram. Like people are and I don't know how we're going to prove hi. it, but yeah, yeah. you're going to get a heck of a lot of requests now. Hey, that's good because we need a heck of a lot of Instagram <sighs> notifications and social media <clears throat> impressions. Do you want to know why everybody, if you weren't tuning into the show earlier, we have a massive $2,200 worth giveaway two vip tickets to the mvp open one of the things you got to do you got to subscribe to the youtube channel the other thing you got to do is post us on all your social medias tag us and everything talk about the show talk about how much you love or hate us talk about how it's the nick and mike show or the nick and evan show the nick and matt show whoever talk to us tag us and stuff we have an awesome giveaway going on and uh it's very very well worth it but you have to be subscribed to the channel first and foremost so yeah shout out new zealand as well that was it was just cool i mean people are coming up and i always feel super humbled and like just happy to meet people but people were coming up and saying hi matt like it's so cool i love the show yeah and then this one guy he thought he would be real funny and he goes are you the friend of nick carl yeah (laughs) it was awesome um so that's cool also we still have some cool topics to close out with but i we're getting a little bit of this stuff out of the way we have decided or I have decided, but with the inspiration of intern Ben, I have a kind of home course. Like technically, if you play all the tee pads to the baskets, like there's like over, there's got to be like 20 something holes. Uh, You know, it's like eight baskets, like eight tee pads kind of thing. And some of the holes actually go over 400 feet, but it's all played on just over an acre. So you got to imagine how crazy this is. But we are doing a home course tournament. It is going to be very small. It's invite only, which now you're like, well, why are you telling us about it? You got to pay us a lot of money. (laughs) That's how we invite you. (laughs) No, if you are a super fan or you feel like you are and you message us and say, hey, I'm really interested. I'd like I think I'd like to participate September 9th. We are only opening this up for five spot invite for our listeners. The rest are, I, I'm, I'm not going to say who. 
<laughs> but Nick, you might make it up. In, intern Ben will be there. I'll be there. Evan plans yeah. to be I, there. I, sh I should be up yep, there. I'll be there. So this is going to be like picture like hanging out. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of the guys. You know, barbecue, uh, barbecue it. Craig. He's got a YouTube channel with 10 times as many subscribers as us. We're going to be doing meat. It's going to be a barbecue, a cookout while we have Ooh. a disc golf tournament in a backyard. So it should be a great, great time hanging out, just socializing and enjoying the time. If yeah. that's something you want to do, reach out, message us. You don't just get in. Like we are going to actually pick five people. And I'm sorry, that's not very many, but five listeners, five supporters of the show to come and join us on that day. So let us know if that's you. We'll fill those five spots really quickly. Um, if you don't hear back from us right away, it doesn't mean you're not in. It just means we're taking our time to get back to you. So just sit tight, September 9th. Yeah. Okay. That is that. Um, there's so many things to talk about, but I want to do a fun one here. And let's just get it out of the way. Top five courses on the Disc Golf Pro Tour that you think are top five for you. You don't have to convince us that it is... I mean, maybe we'll razz you if you pick something stupid. <laughs> Evan, Evan's top course is just like a nice short tee pad, short baskets. That's his favorite. maple red. Yeah, nice little, yeah, that's his yeah, favorite. nice little beginner course. Okay, yeah. a good the most popular no part three people. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. So this is not meant to debate. Is it a top five or not? This is meant to just get our feelings out there. Ben, do you have ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're just gonna go around and give one, not in any order. Ben, what's one of your top five? I might be a little biased. Maple Hill. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. Did anybody else pick Maple Hill? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I had Maple Hill too. in my top five. We should have made that rule. No Maple Hill. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, we all so had Maple Hill. Four. We all had Maple yeah. Hill. So now we're yeah, down to top four. Let's go back to intern Ben. My second, um, I don't know. It was a toss-up, but I think I'm going to go with the uh, Overdose or however you... How Ooh. you call it? Just, just, just a uh, PCS Overdose. open. Um, just Overdose. it was beautiful ba based on views alone. Yeah. A lot of this is you convinced me, Ben. Is going on views. Anybody else? Overos. I picked it. I did not. Uh, I actually did not pick it. Okay. But what I want to say, fantastic course. I love it. I think by which this is not a debate, but I'm, I want to get my feelings. <laughs> of course, out. of like, course, he has to tell us why it shouldn't be in our top five. <laughs> it's Kearns. Because, it's no, Kearns, no, I'm just saying why it's not in mine. I okay. loved it. I'm so excited for us to play it in the future and yep. continue uh, to define it. Uh, it's the short trees. I don't know what it is about okay. it. I, it was cool to Bro, see they the get creativity. Six months of dark. Relax, I, man. I'm not. I'm not. If you were short, them. I'd call you short right now. But you're like I, six three. I'm six not blaming them. Yeah, it's because I'm out in the light all day. That's a joke. I work on a computer all day long. I never see the light of day. Uh, <laughs> all right. Grass, man. We, we got, That's we got your yeah, general apparently. comments on That's, it. But, but I do love it. I think it would probably be top eight. Okay. So that's two of ours now. What was your second one then, Nick or Evan? It doesn't have to be in order, but what's your second one you're bringing? Yeah. I was going to say, because it's my first one, but Fox Run. Mm -hmm. Evan, do you have Fox Run? Yeah, I had ben, definitely Fox Run. As, as third. <clears throat> okay, so Ben's already given us three now. Uh, Nick says Fox Run. Evan says Fox Run. Yeah. It is not in my top five. Um, Ooh, and but, that's where you're wrong. But here we go. Did you have Brewster? <laughs> I'll start with the next one. Yes, I do have Brewster. So I picked one or the other. I didn't want both of them in my top five. They could be, but for me, yeah. Matt, my preference to viewing and or playing, like both of those combined, I guess, in my thoughts, Brewster. I picked Brewster. Brewster was five for me. 
So, so I, he gave I'm all of yours now? No, I have a fourth. Okay, so, so that's it. Okay, so yeah, so, far, Nick, Brewster, so far, Nick, what would you say? I've said Maple Hill and Fox Run. Okay, and Evan, you said so far? I've said the same. Okay, and Maple I've Hill, said Hill. Maple Hill, Overos, and now I've alluded to Brewster Ridge. Ben, yeah. what have you said so far? I said Maple Hill, um, Overos, Fox Run, and then my fifth is Brewster Ridge. There's a four. I have a fourth. <laughs> oh, okay. So what's your fourth then? Get it out. We're, we're, okay. Okay, my fourth. This might be controversial, but I'm going to go. I don't know what the course is called. A Glendivere, maybe? Oh, uh, Ben, you and me are much alike. What? Yeah. East or West? I don't know. Portland so Open. Both know. courses. Yeah. <laughs> the ones with the <laughs> big right. red ones. We'll, we'll, we'll let it's it It's Portland Open, but there was Glendivere East and Glendivere yeah, West. It's all one year. big. All of Glendivere. To be honest, I forget which is which right now. I, so I do too. One was. One was heavily 2021 i think they went east east west west and one was 2022 correct me if i'm wrong someone in the chat correct me if i'm wrong i think west was the one that was final round is that what you said yeah i think i agree yeah the last i was gonna say final round that that version glendavere that's also in my list actually did really enjoy watching that this year it's just beautiful so based on views so he's given all of his i now have similar to him i have glendavere overos maple hill brewster ridge i don't have fox in there uh so you guys got to give another one now uh evan what do you have all right, I'll go next. Uh, I don't know if you guys have this, but I think it. I, I think it's pretty obvious. It's Harmony Benz. Ooh. We'll see it uh, actually coming yep. up to be the next U.S. event yep. when we get back. It's a silver event uh, out in Missouri. Um, I, I, I think I, I want to say I understand it might not ever be an elite um, because of the flooding issues. I think it kind of has to almost be a silver because it it can flood it could be canceled because of that in any year i think that's a common problem there of course we've seen a lot of flooding in new england lately but that's more of a a unique scenario uh but i think it's one of the best courses ever so when it is getting to be played it's very very cool to watch i think the design's awesome i think it's beautiful creeks galore perfect okay uh uh, nick you didn't have that one i did not have that one so give us your Um, next one W are are we talking just on the pro tour? Or are we on talking the majors tour. as well? So no no majors. No, ma- what majors are oh, allowed? All right. You yeah, can, that's kind of on the tour. I, isn't I was it? understood yeah. it was the disc golf pro tour, but that's okay. I thought okay. he said the tour, which I yeah, would. I think I, said I would the put tour. majors in. It's that okay. As well. Yeah, I only picked disc golf pro tour. If, if you add majors, does it change anything, Matt? So we're talking about the beast. Yes, WR Jackson I, I, I would have probably changed for me. Um, I probably wouldn't have said my last one. I would change it to the beast, but okay, that's okay. your last one. Glendivere. No, I already said Glendivere. My last one was going to be, and this is totally crazy. Maybe a hot take. I think the potential is there. North Cove. I think that has great potential. Oh, the uh, was that oh, the Blue okay. Ridge Open? Yeah, or the Blue. I really yeah. enjoyed yeah. it. You can start to see the style. I'm like, I like yeah. Oveross. I like North Cove. Like, I love yeah. shot shaping. Not the longest holes. Like, I, just, I really feel it. Brewster Ridge. I'm yeah. liking. That's longer, but. Maple Hill shot shaping like that is my course preference to Man, watch. Aaron Gossage probably yeah. hates you right yeah, he's now. like dude horrible <laughs> worst courses on <laughs> yeah. tour Matt <laughs> yeah Glendivere he'd probably like yeah we exactly. gotta have him give his top um, five but okay so that's all my right top well five. If, we're, if we're adding yeah if we're if we're adding in the majors which originally I thought we were I would say um, the beast instead of North I would Cove. say Fox runs my one I would say honestly the beast is probably my number two because I think viewing wise, it's incredible. <laughs> it's one of my bucket list courses that I would love to play. And I think because of the spectators that go out there every single year, I'm blown away by it. I choose that. Uh, WR Jackson, because when you talk about shot shaping, you got to talk about WR Jackson, big trees, wooded. I love that style of disc golf. 
Um, shoot, I had two more, and I totally forget. Evan, go ahead. <laughs> He's giving his list in order too, which we uh, didn't do. Yeah, okay, okay. I was blanking. Okay. Finish out. Not a debate. Not a debate. But I have to say some thoughts because I, I <laughs> dude, I like I knew this would happen. I knew Evan what, would have to, have to bring some more. Oh, Maple Hill. Sorry, I blanked what's on Maple Hill, I'll, but I meant keep, to say that as well. I'll so that's four out of five. You can't contain so yourself. I, I can't. I can't. I have to say this, and there's <laughs> nothing ahead. wrong with that. Go Let ahead. me be me. The beast. No, we love you. We love and you. And USDGC are phenomenal. They they require so much out of players, and it makes phenomenal events. Uh, so maybe it's just a different criteria. Yep. But I'm just thinking like long term picturesque. Like it's not just the OB, but it's also the thought of playing around other sports fields. It's around playing common. I areas. agree. The fans Every year that comes up, the beast. I know it. It's <clears throat> I, and I think the second point that I want to mention is. The major it being a major elevates it so much. Think about if we had a silver event at USDGC and it was only a silver event, you know, it didn't Not have all good. the extra amenities. I think we'd be kind of annoyed by it. But because the event is so good as a major, it's incredibly well run, it has such exciting finishes. Um, they've built up throw a pink super well, like it makes the event so awesome. And I'm excited for it every year, but purely thinking about the course. Not top five, but I respect it. I think it's well, awesome. I'm so excited for European Open. When I made my list, my thought was I was only picking private courses, which again, it kind of happened because I was like, no, no majors. I was doing only pro tour stuff and I only picked private. So I still like North Cove as my pick but to, because of your criteria. I'm in that same boat, but man, it's such a good event. The course itself, yeah. like you said, it brings uh, it up a level. Yeah, I'll, I'll give my next one. I have uh, two more left. Give them. Uh, this one will definitely be controversial. I don't think anyone else <laughs> will have this. Is Pickard Park? I just love it. I, that was in it, my. That was like my six. Pickard was that Des Moines? Yeah, Des Moines. That was Des Moines Challenge. Yeah. I think they've done so much good yeah. work to that course, and it's gotten better every year. There's other courses that I love that don't feel like they've gotten uh, as as better as uh, Pickard Park has, and like it just elevates it so much for me. I'm excited for it every year, and that's I think it's the best public uh, park. Uh, course that we get to see all year yeah good pick not controversial yeah dude there are good okay, courses thanks. out there I appreciate no, there's good courses out yeah. there that's just preferences yeah. at this point yeah. so what's your last one all right is it just am i the only one left with no nah, i got i got one more okay okay well i can still go first if you yeah, want. go for it all right i i, I got an asterisk to this because <laughs> i did one for mpo one for fpo but they're the same event of course, we just heard about the news, and we might not see it for FPO, but I still wanted to include it. Uh, but I want to go to Ledgestone and have Northwood Black for the men for the MPO and Sunset Hills for FPO. Um, Sunset Hills being uh, really the only FPO design course we see. Of course, uh, Las Vegas Challenge had FPO-only courses, um, but Sunset Hills is specifically designed for them. We get so much out of the players there. I think it's a, a fairly tasteful golf course. Uh, the rolling hills are really cool. So I really love it. Northwood black. I feel like plays a lot better for the, uh, MPO than it does FPO. Not that it plays bad for the FPO, but I feel like you just, you get that perfect, uh, incredibly, incredibly tough. Got a shot shape. You have like hole 12, the par five, you get to see it in its fullest. Um, and I think it, it suits MPO really, really well. I, again, the, the tournament will be, you know, different this year. Likely I would love to see the FPO end on sunset Hills, but they end on Northwood black on their layout and i don't like it as much but that's a, a side ledgestone uh thought but yeah. north of black for mpo sunset hills for fpo is my number uh well not number five but fifth yeah. one i'll say my last one is it's kind of tough to decide because 
Northwoods Black is one of the most challenging courses I've ever played, and I absolutely loved it. Like my first practice round there, it's really hard for me to like go back in because I've only played it a couple times where I'm like, oh, hole one, hole two, hole three. But I just remember actually having so much fun playing that course because of the way that it's set up. But I also I'm obsessed with playing Bruce Ridge. And I haven't played Idlewild since 2017, but Idlewild was another one that I really enjoyed playing when I first went out there. Hole one is an incredible, you know, par three slash four downhill shot. It's just a very enjoyable course. But honestly, out of those three, it's really hard to choose between Brewster because I can obviously score better on Brewster than I can at Northwoods Black. But Northwoods Black was so demanding and fun. And that to me is just... If I'm going out for a round with my buddies, I want to play something like that. But okay, yeah, I had uh, I had Northwood Blacks like in consideration when I was going through that list. It was close. Yeah, it was close. Um, all right, so uh, that was that was just lighthearted. What are our top five? I think those are some great courses. Uh, shout out! I was just out at Westy Acres. We have a chat. Uh, oh, you did end up going? Yeah, we have someone in the chat. That's awesome. Called nice. Westy Acres, and it just I think coincidental maybe no. Uh, they have a course out there in Greenfield, Mass. That is worth driving to and playing. Uh, if you're within hours of it, it's worth driving to and playing. Really cool. Yeah, they really just hit cool. number five on uh, Udis' new new list for Dude, a Massachusetts. I saw that. There you go. Um, it was totally fun. It was really hot and humid and sweaty, and I still had a good time uh, practicing for a tournament. What? What'd you play? White or blues? Uh, it was a practice round in the sense that I threw mainly tee shots, but I threw both. I actually threw both holes. So, okay. Blue, blue is tough. Yeah. Blue, I had, I had I some choice blue. conversation opinions for him after the round. I talked to the designer. <laughs> I talked to the course. Yeah. Owner. Um, it was good. I think there's lots of potential there and it was fun. I had fun. I, I'll leave it at that. It was great. Uh, worth traveling out to hundred percent. The, the venue, the infrastructure of the venue is like amazing. Like from the bandstand, like type deal to like barns out on the property to host, like, Really cool venue. I guess yeah. they used to Massachusetts host has a lot of there. Oh, Massachusetts has a lot of good courses now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, speaking of top five, yeah. like uh, got to shout out Meadowbrook as well. Uh, Dave's probably listening to this. Like that absolutely yeah, we got all deserves these courses. to be top five as well. So uh, yeah, very cool to see. Much better than New Hampshire, if I'm being honest. All right. Uh, Westy Acres Dang. in the chat. Great talking with you, Matt. Good. I'm glad <laughs> it didn't ban me after my, my opinions. I think it's really Did cool. Did you Kearns them? No, I actually, I ran. You didn't go on Udisc and one star them. Yeah. What? Okay, I don't one star. I just go two You're either two or, or five. Okay, here we go. Oh, I yeah. feel bad. We no. messed with Kearns a little bit too much. No, we I think good. no it's because he rises with me. Every comment I see is like, I, I love how Kearns rises Ben. So I got to dish it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, European open picks. Nice. So we're looking for an MPO winner and an FPO winner, but also for fun. And we've never done this. Well, maybe in a variation, a player that will outperform their average finish by the most. So you could pick any player. They don't even have to place top 20. If you picked them and they're usually 70th and they finish 40th and you beat everybody by 30. You know what I mean? Like it could be anybody. How do you know that? What if Gannon Burr averages You would have to, we'll have to use stat Mando, I think, for this one. Yeah, I'm not even prepared for this. I like, I need to use our site. Yeah, I'm going going on to uh, who's even (laughs) playing the event right now. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll start out while you guys look. I'll start out while I was going to say, I, I I can give you my picks right off the rip. Paul Macbeth, Chris, and Tatar. Okay. 
I, I'm like trying to convince myself. I, I I have to pick Kristen Tatar. There, like that's what's happening. I, no, you no, don't that, have to. No, no, I I have to. You, There's no. You question have a choice there. in this. Didn't nope. last time I nope. picked Kristen, I she am. lost, or like two times ago. I was like, fine, I'll pick but Kristen. She lost. The MPO winner is tough because European Open. I mean, Paul McBeth. What was it? Five year, five iterations in a row until Eagle won, and he still finished second with the second highest uh, event rating of all time oh, for a second place. Oh, it's okay. Oh, you no, guys Matt's can, it always again. happens. You can hear me. Something funny. Yeah. yeah. Figure this one out. Uh, but it, it, and like Macbeth coming to a major, like you just want PCS open. It, it feels too much. It like, it feels way, way too chalk to pick Paul Macbeth right now. Uh, even though he probably has the best odds. So I'm going to need a minute to think about MPO. Okay. So unless you're picking someone besides Kristen seconds. and Paul, I feel like Eagle. There's potential there for sure. He plays this course really well. I'm going to give this one to Paul. I don't know. I'm feeling it after this victory. We haven't seen a little bit. Maybe it's recency bias, but like I haven't picked Paul. I don't think maybe I have it to go back in history. I'm picking him. And then for FPO, I am going to pick Kristen Tatar. Yes. obviously. Obviously, Katrina Allen could be in the conversation any given week with Paige out. There's that. I'm giving you all my reasoning here. Ella Hansen, great. I think she's up and coming and she has a chance to win, but not. I don't think she's going to win at this event. Or like, And I wanted to pick Evelina, but you're going to be very surprised who I'm feeling like is going to be pushing on the last day to beat Kristen. It's Henna Blumroos. I feel like this, she steps up here. She has the ability. This is where she's going to be competing in the last round for that spot. I don't think she'll get it. That will be... Um, my pick that's not highest above average though that that's going to be a really interesting pick i'm not sure what to even do there <laughs> so anybody mm -hmm. have like highest above average player that they yeah, like yeah to I, do. I do okay i got my mpo highest above average okay me as well what do you think nick i think jeremy Colling oh, is wow. going to finish much better than his average finish which for this season this year let's is, be clear it's for this season right yeah for this season we have Best finish at a Pro Tour event being 14th, which is the event that we just had before that. It was 30th at Jonesboro. Um, excuse me, 28th at Champions Cup. Everything else is 30, 30, 34, 35, 50, 54, 73, 77, 84, 118. So let's say he averages 65th place, 60th place. Um, I bet you Jeremy Coley gets a top 10 this week. Okay, you just inspired me. I'm going with Yuli. Oh, I knew you were going to say Ooh. that right after I said Colin because I almost said Yuli as well, but I think that was a little bit too much recency <laughs> bias. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going Yuli. He's had an unfortunate season in a lot of ways and obviously a great player. I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he would say every week, he's like, I'm still trying everybody. He finished and, good last And he last did. Tournament. So he's messing up the average for this year for me. <laughs> I needed to be lower. But uh, I think that he's going to come out and place better than his average. So we'll see what happens. But that's my pick for um, MPO most outperformed there around. So any other thoughts on that? Evan didn't even pick his MPO winner no, yet, did he? I, I know what my oh, MPO winner is going to be. Gosh. I'm going Calvin Heimberg. Oh, it, wow. Picking up his first major title. He's been he's been off lately. Yes. But think about how he's been off. Yes. Finishing second at the reserve. Yeah. Finishing third at PCS. And he's 
the putters off and like yeah that just feels like a That's thing a that, whole he- segment. that heimberg's gonna f- uh, fix it feels like it's just something's gonna click he's gonna be going and he's been keeping himself in there enough that like you know i, I it's a it's a mental issue in the sense that you know it's kind of putting and all the physical attributes are there but it's not like a mental issue you know you get where i'm going with that mm-hmm. like it's not like no yeah yeah yeah, it's not like a putting yips. It's not mm-hmm. anything like that. So no. I, I think it's a very minor, you know, just adjustments that he'll make. I, I just feel like it, it's time. It's the season of Vinny. Uh, he hasn't won since Jonesboro, actually, which is kind of crazy. So to is think it about. really the season of Vinny? So, but it still is the <laughs> season like of the Vinny. the season of Gain and Burr. So it, you could argue, actually, that was a, a potential other one, but I think we're running Gain out of time here. Uh, it, for my outperform, I I'm not like I'm going to player who's finishing better than the one you you said, but I think they're like it's still I think they're going to place better than their average finish. Um, which if you include DNFs, let me take that out. It's 42nd, but I'm going Nicholas Antala. I think he's primed for like a top five finish, pushing for the win. Even last two majors, he's finished second and second. Um, it it just damn. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, is this your know. winner? Right. You said, or your outperform? No, no, no. This is my outperform. Okay. Let He's me... gonna outperform second place. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what is his average? Yeah. That's gonna be hard. His average is twenty-seven point six okay. on the season for okay. Disc so Pro if Tour he wins or majors. gets second, that's a lot. You're right. 27.6 so he, yeah he he finished a top 20 and he's doing better than his average of course i'm sure yeah. yuli and germ even if they play below average will finish better than their average just <laughs> I, like i'm saying that just because european open i know uh, it's yeah the yeah the meat of the field isn't as strong uh so they'll be able to pick up some places there. man but good picks fpo outperform is really tough the field is smaller there's 27 um you feel like you got to pick someone who can have a higher ceiling. So they have to have not played that well this year, but you think maybe they will play well. Uh, no offense to this player because I'm actually picking you to do well is Sarah Hokum. We'll see. That's my outperform for FPO. Sweet. Anybody else? All right. Yeah. My I'm outperform for FPO. Katie Tati. Oh yeah. That's probably, I think she's going to have a baller event. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. And if we're talking about average placing, we're kind of referring to elite and majors, right? Yeah. Or can yeah. Include no, we're, we're yeah, it can majors. include silvers. It's yeah. the, it's the tour. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. The let tour. me, let me throw in silvers, but I, yeah, it still makes me want to stick with this. I'm going to go with Silva Saranen. She won three Euro tours in a row, but she did play four events on tour in the U S earlier this year, averaged a 21.5. So I think she'll do better than 21.5. I'm sure we'll all do better than average here. Uh, but I, I'm excited for her. She's played really, what, really, really well. Uh, has beat a lot of the other good European competition. So seeing how she uh, stacks up against the Americans since she was playing Turkey, we didn't get to see her PCS. Anybody else? Yeah, I haven't ben? gone yet. Um, so my picks for winning, I'm going to go... Oh, we didn't even get those yet. Sorry, Ben. Oh, Ben, give them all. I'm going to go Ricky Waisaki. He's playing right. Okay. Um, yes. I'm for my FPO winning pick. I'm gonna go Cat Allen. Um, just what it is. I actually love that. Pick. That's that's a fair pick. I thought you were gonna say Cat Merch, which yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, no she, she's actually not even over. Yeah, in Europe, she's not in Europe. Which, yeah, not I'd to be a fake fan. I knew either, that. But. I'm Cat Merch's biggest fan. Um, and then for get, my get her on the show. I tried. <laughs> I tried so hard. Not, that's why not she's not enough. coming. Then isn't it? No, I didn't try. All right. Um, 
What, and then um, sneaky sneakers, whatever it's called, <laughs> leaky leakers. <laughs> uh, my my sneaky sneaker MPO pick is Robert Burridge. Um, if Ooh, he, he's been having a solid season. Wait, that's your outperformance under the radar. Yeah, Burridge, Burridge, Robert Burridge. I think he's yeah. gonna finish well. And uh, yeah, great pick, Ben. Bring me the. Victory. You have to pick someone like that. That's for sure. I don't know if he's gonna. And then we'll for FPO sneaky sneaker. I'm going Rachel Turton. I like the last name, um, and I'm feeling it. Rachel Turton. All right. Why am Let's I go. having a brain freeze? A massive one. I apologize. I'm not a fan of the sport. I'm looking real. Oh, here he is. Chandler Kramer. Last year was a breakout event. Yeah, he finished 51st at PCS Open or 55th, something so, like that. Yeah. Can I don't? This would sound super offensive. So let me say it. Can lightning strike twice? Like, is he going to do it again where he, like, really is pushing for that? Because that was a super breakout. Everyone's like, who is this? We got the interview. We were all roasting his shorts. (laughs) No, (laughs) people were. I guess, like, would he be a good pick? Would he be a good pick for outperform? Like, what do you think? Is this his course? Is that why he showed up? Or was that just, like, a lucky event? Yeah, I don't even know. I think he was just... I personally think he was just getting hot. Like, he just had a great tournament. Just Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he plays really well here. If he is, he's the outperform, but I didn't pick him, so... I, I actually feel like the the forehand holes at the beast don't like they feel a little bit more gettable than some of those backhand holes, yeah. which I mean kind of goes to the top player where, you know, throwing 550 is pretty attainable backhand for righties, but throwing, you know, a 400 flat hyzer is kind of the, you know, solid peak. Chandler yeah. Kramer's right. 1022 rated with only a forehand. That's 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 pretty crazy. That's what I'm doing. Because he puts Ben. <laughs> And he puts he yeah. puts crazy he puts with a slammer yeah. from his like hip. But ben, like, tell me about the slammer. I want to hear about he Ben's. I want to hear about Ben's three holes today. Three holes where you missed a putt. Tell us about. Oh, it. bull snake. He used to putt. It's Come a bull on. snake now. Okay, three holes. I missed. Guys, <laughs> I missed two fifteen footers um, to save par. Oof. I was shooting a great round, negative four. At you were Webster. only at fifteen feet for par. Yeah, and and uh, they're both comebackers. As in, like oh, I missed okay, the putt okay. already. <laughs> I missed the putt already. And then I, I'm like, okay, that's a tap in, and then I missed it again. So yeah, I went from I could have had a negative seven round, went negative four because uh, I was so in my head. Tell me down below, chat. What do you stare at? How do you stare at chain links? I can't stare at chain links. It boggles my mind, and Just I think close about your it too eyes. Much. Just close your eyes. Spin around. There's been some interesting putters over the years. Uh, I'm gonna forget the names right now. Uh, old school discraft player used to like do this weird like not look at the basket and then, like turn around and look at it. I've played with players who once. That's a. Isn't that Yuli's caddy? Maybe. Uh, uh, Brad, Brad Brad Hannock? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. At Worlds sure in 2011, about. Am yeah. Worlds in 2011, there was a player on my card. There goes my camera again. So okay. let's go. New camera time. <clears throat> and he would face away from the basket. And he would, like, get all ready in the zone, like, look down, look at his putter, like, act like he's getting ready to make the putt, but he's facing the opposite way. And then literally last second with his head down, he would turn around, but his head was down. 
And as soon as he would look up, he'd lift his head up and putt. Like he had. It makes sense. It's like he couldn't see anything else. It makes sense because I know we were talking about basketball how it's different, but uh, Ben, it doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. No, no, it does make sense. It hundred percent. Listen, if I ever saw you doing that on your putting style, I'd slap you. Listen to me. It makes sense, and not the turnaround, but it makes sense. Basketball. If you look at like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're looking at the ground, and then when it's time to shoot their free throw, that's when they go up. Because if you're focusing too much, it gets in your mind. I think it's it's good if you're like looking at it, then you can maybe look away, then reset. I don't think doing I, the whole spinnily diddly doodah is good, but I think looking at the ground and and not focusing so much on on the chains and stuff is good because you just look at the putt. Are you you know where you are? Look down, then you can focus for a bit. Then you go instead of there, just going like this. There's truth ben, to that, though. There is truth. Ben, but what are you? What are you focused on when you're driving? Like when you're driving your car. Oh, like I'm not talking about disc golf driving. I'm talking about when you're driving oh. your car. Um, the road. The road, right? You're looking forward. Yes. At the road, you're not you looking at the line, right? The middle line to make sure that you're two feet off of that, and you're two right. feet. You're not looking at those no. lines, right? You're kind of just. You're looking forward. Yes. But you're almost endlessly looking forward. Like you're not so specific on a single little target, unless it's like a red light or a stop sign or something like that. You're kind of like, okay, now I need to stop. But for the most part, you're kind of just, you're looking forward and it's natural to you. You don't look backwards. You don't take your eyes off the road, Ben, because that's bad. You don't text and drive, Ben, because that's bad. But that's different. Driving. When you're looking at a disc golf basket. You're just looking at the basket, man. You don't need a single in on a chain link yeah, at all. all different like, opinions. This right here. This right here. You don't need a single in on this. You look at the whole thing. I know you say that. You but look at the I, middle like, of the pole. If I, I look at the whole thing, I yep. don't know what to look at. I so, look through it. When I grew up, my dad I told taught you earlier, me something. Ben, you look at the basket. Yeah, so Nick, that, that might work for some people. For me, it doesn't yeah. work. And I feel like my putting is actually really good. And I think, and I'm tooting my horn. I feel like I was taught growing up, you look at what you want to hit like you could say look at the basket but i've just discovered for myself and i think a lot of people do if you aim small you miss small they say so when i literally pick one small spot and i just stare at it if i try to hit that when i'm off six inches or ten inches or whatever like or air it no but when you, when you miss a little bit you're still in the basket so like i don't know everyone has to come up with their own thing but if you're just like looking like into the vast of there's a basket in front of me but your peripherals all part of your vision you're like just whip it like Dude, like you'll I, be a yakub yeah. in that so one round I, i've like i'm not i'm not a terrible putter i'm not the greatest putter but i can hit putts consistently when i'm just not thinking of anything but you can't do that in tournament because you're like overthinking everything so i'm trying to figure out mm. what to think yeah, it's here's, a journey here's my advice ben which I, I was saying earlier but let's say it to all the people watching mm -hmm. is you, when you're practicing you are thinking about nothing you're calm you're relaxed exactly. everything's cool you're just throwing it in it's easy it's easy when you get in a tournament it's a you're not you didn't practice for that situation you're in a totally different situation the pressure's on you're in the heat of the moment your heart rate's probably higher so what, what i'll say in a ben which switching. i i think there's truth to it to at least try it's not like a a set given fix but do things to get your heart rate up to get excited um every between every putt just like sprint 10 feet back and forth like just get that going get the juices flowing so you kind of have some adrenaline to fight and then you have that mental battle to okay let me get ready for my putt i gotta breathe i gotta think through it um and and think about it like if you're thinking about it when you're practicing when you're in your backyard and you treat it 
then when you get up to the tournament, you're already like you're comfortable thinking about it and you can do better because you've practiced the tuning out part of it. Ben, I got a question for you. Yep. During your round today, when you missed those few putts, what time did you end your round? What? Uh oh. What time? What time? Uh-oh, what Nick, time did I your know round right end? Where you're going, Nick? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> what time did your round end? Uh, I don't know how to check that on you. Well, I started at one. What? What time did you leave Webster? Three thirty. Three thirty. Yes. What did you do right after you left Webster? Um, <laughs> I went to get Subway and two body armors. So you went straight to Subway instead of spending 10 extra minutes Mm. at 20 feet at Webster, just putting on 18 and just taking a couple extra putts. You could have spent 10 minutes and that right there would have helped you improve your putting. It's because I had to meet a friend at West Thompson to play another round where I did more putting. (laughs) Winner, winner. I thought you were going down a different road, Nick. I won. I thought you were going down the road because this happens sometimes with Ben. We're just throwing them out there tonight to just roast. He'll text us mid-round. Guys, I just took a seven on a hole. I don't know what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with me. He'll do it during tournaments. <laughs> I do. But I'm yeah. like, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, your mindset, yeah. you're trying to like talk it out with us, which is fine, but your mindset is too on it. So then when you step up to that putt, that's yeah. li- you're like, you can't miss this one. You just got missed the last one. And like, it's way off. Your focus is way off at that point. And that's probably, I think, where a lot of this is coming from. Because I think your putting is, you're usually really confident. So I think it's when you start getting in your head, yes. you miss something, and then you're like, now but you're that's overthinking. That's the thing. I'm trying it. to, yeah, exactly. That's you're 100. I'm trying to think of how to not overthink. Yep. It. That's you have what to I'm not care to, so much. You have to not. I, so that, I, I that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. I've been being like, I don't care anymore. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I, don't you, care. I don't. You care though because yeah. you're scoring every one of your rounds. Yes. Yeah. It's I true. No. Stop scoring your rounds. Yes. I think that's actually true. Ooh. You don't need to score practice rounds deep. every single. If we if we go off around the four good. of us, it, why? <laughs> but you shot like four down at progress. Webster. I would yes. not feel good about shooting four <laughs> down at Webster. I, but, I would, but yeah, yeah. But you're like you're 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 MPO pro. I'm I'm a but nine twenty six. Yes and no. There are people now. We're just off. This is cool. This is really late show. We're yeah, we're we're just bantering but at like, each other now. If you go out and play a round. Before a tournament in practice, and you're like, oh, dang, I just shot best round of my life. Eight down. I I know I can do it now. And then you go into that tournament round like you're it's in your head. And to, to Nick's point. You need to practice the shots. You don't need to know what you score. That's I, I tell my kids that all the time. Now I say we're going to do a practice round. And Nick, I've learned this from hanging out with you and Paul on the course and others mm-hmm. like we're going to throw shots off the tee pad, multiple shots off the tee pad. We don't even need to putt. You can go putt from the places where you think. Yeah, but you you probably yeah. pick a spot. Be like, I think I'm probably going to be here. I'd like to practice from here. Like, you're not just like playing your hole to like score it. I, I don't think. No, the, yeah. the only if it, if I'm going like, you know, in the past couple of years when I'd go out to pro tour events, if I was doing a scored mm. round, it was a cash round against friends to where Making it was it like, real. But if something, if like someone threw a shot where they're like, I'm not really comfortable with that, obviously we're going to let them throw more, but you score all the first ones. But for the most part, that's when I do a scored round. If I'm playing a casual practice round, this is the way I do it. I throw enough drives where I feel like I can comfortably hit the gap. And then depending on where my good shots land, I'll throw my up shots because I'm very hopeful that that's where I'm going to land there. But guess what? 99% of the time. During the tournament, I don't land in the spot that I landed in practice more That's often true. than not. It doesn't happen like that. So I'll, I'll practice a few upshots here and there. But when I get to the green, so I carry three three putters in my bag that I can actually putt with. Um, 
if I'm inside a circle one, I can't leave that spot until I've made all three of those putts in a row. And then I go to the next one. Then I go to the next one. If I'm in circle two, if it's from 35 or 40 feet, I got to make two of them. If it's from 45, is 50, this 60 just, feet, whatever. Does that just, is that your putting practice or is you, yeah, you're so, actually thinking like for that round, it's going to help if you practice on the course. Cause I'm just of the mindset. I, I just I'm not try pro. to, I just okay. like, if I, if I'm going out to a big event or I'm practicing for a tournament in general, the, my most, my best attribute, my best aspect of my game is my putting. So I have to feel like my putting is on because that's where oh, I okay. make up strokes. That's, that's where I score. Okay. And so I, I carry three putters out for a round because normally my practice rounds, I'm not so beyond focus. I've got music playing. I'm texting friends. I may be on a phone call. I walk up to the spot where my disc landed. If I miss the first putt, the second putt is about correcting off my mistake. Okay. So if I make the second putt, the third putt is off repeating that motion that I just did. So I try to you know it's for confidence how I, I got you it's yeah. to build it up and say look i can do it yeah. that's great all right here's my counter yeah. counter argument counter. about keeping score we're talking about pressure here i if i i think they you both can't build enough pressure in a casual round where there's nothing on the I line do, though. than a tournament no, that's why i, I miss see, that's I why i miss putts that's why I miss. Yeah. That's why I miss those ten footers. I'm like oh i'm shooting actually really good right now i think he needs more pressure though I think are you upset when you miss those putts during yes. a practice round, are I you upset? Yes, I'm very upset. So Damn. that's where like you're kind of hindering yourself because you are getting so emotionally upset about you missing a practice putt. It's like, okay, do you carry your second putter and then putt that one right after? Of course. Every what was time. your mistake? Did you miss it low? Okay, let's put it a little bit higher this time. You're yeah. getting so worked up on your casual practice rounds. I can I can get it. If you're hitting every this, single first yes. tree, if you're hitting every single first tree. I understand getting upset. Believe me, if I like that happens to me, but if I'm getting so worked up in a practice round, obviously I'm going to get worked up in a tournament round. You're you're supposed to go out and play disc golf and relax and practice. <laughs> what am I trying to work on today? Do I need to work on my forehands? Okay, I'm working on my forehands. I can't get pissed off every single time I throw a bad forehand because that's why I'm practicing. Yeah, I get don't, pissed off in the tournament. I don't by all means, no, but if yeah, I miss I like a thirty footer, I'm not going to get mad. If I miss a ten footer, I think everyone should get mad. If they miss a ten footer, but it's, well, I think it's, 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 it's a casual round though. You're like it's a casual round yeah. to where it's like, okay, let me. There's nothing to lose. Go back and retake that putt. Make that. No, putt. I do though. It That's could have been. Thing. I oh, I I practice, oh. but it's never. I never do when I send those scores or whatever. I never. It's never one shot off the tee. It's probably like. So it's, I guess it's not doesn't even really count. I probably take oh, seven shots cheating. off the tee. No, I oh, take my. So you didn't shoot negative four. No, I take what my first shoot, shot. Over? I take my first shot, but I probably throw like everyone gets mad at me because bro, stop throwing so many seconds. Yeah, you throw a lot of shots. Our rounds take like twice as long. It's because I want to practice. I want to get better. But I just yeah, take my first take shot. First shot. Okay, okay. So you're so, not cheating. You're just wasting. I mean, time. even still, it's yes. still not the second you take a funzy shot. It's not yes, really a scored round. No, one hundred percent. I agree with that. I'll never be yeah. like, oh. So like, why are I'm you sick. keeping score? Because yeah. I, there's no point. One, it I like count. the progress to see my and two. It brings me. It brings pressure. It's like it's like a battle with myself. Okay. Yeah, I'm a. Like, the pressure is good. I think Nick Nick has a great point <laughs> that in your casual ranks, you need to over come this anger that you I have. think there's both if you if you miss a 10 footer that's awesome that you have this pressure on that you wanted to make it but don't don't freak out and we know 
Ben, we have it on camera. You like ben freaks flip out. your hat out. You'll throw it. Like, don't do that. Stop yourself no, I don't there. Do That's that your in practice. Pra- I'm not doing that. That in is practice your practice. Rounds. No, you do. That's your practice is to not do that. And if you're not doing it in the practice rounds, good on you for not doing it. You want the pressure to be there where you're upset, but then you want to overcome that upsetness. I'm upset, for, that's I'm upset for maybe round. like 10 seconds, then I move on in a practice round. In tournament, Less. I do definitely get upset. Because then it's it carries over. Yeah. I l- we play COGS yeah. once and you're like, you're thinking about the course sucks every yeah, single time. But hole I love COGS. That's constantly. the thing. It's like yeah. something I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you this, Ben. Yeah, I love I'll give it you too because I if, beat you there. If I'm in practice, okay, <laughs> I, I have an awesome practice course here in Virginia called Sandusky. And it's all about driving like good drives and making putts. There's no upshot work because it's a short enough course, but it's really, really enjoyable. If I miss a 10 foot putt, I'm probably going to putt 10 times from that exact spot. To make sure I don't do that where I was like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Like, oh, I just pulled my wrist a little bit or just kind of stepped up and did it. But I'm going to putt that over and over and over until I make that 10 footer over and over and over. And then I'm going to go to the next hole. I'm going to be happy go lucky because I don't usually miss 10 footers. It's very rare that I do that in a tournament, <laughs> but you just have to practice it more. All right. What is, is your good. is your putting practice? Have you out. ever putted just consistently only from 20 feet in a night? Like I've I told will, you for two years, not I will I, not no. only from the answer. No. Listen, like the answer is no. no, no, I'm no, asking if you've only, only from putted feet. from 20, I'll putt from 20 feet and then I'll put from 25 feet and then I'll put from 30 and then I'll go back to 20. It, it's like I no. might as well put if I do a thousand putts from 20 feet, might as well go to 25 after the thousand. Nick, he's better than you. <laughs> See, that's. That's where you're asking for advice. You're one of those people that ask for advice, but then doesn't take said advice. Yeah, and wants to go. Like, that's why when I texted over. you earlier, you never responded to my text. And I said, how are you practice putting? Oh, I'm sorry. There's just, a lot of texts coming in. I didn't even see just it. Just because you don't you don't take the advice you're given. This is the Nick yeah. and Matt show intervention. I'm on, I'm on someone in the Nick, chat yeah. Yeah. So I flipped. I'm on team Nick. Fully. Yeah, I so feel- puff from 20 feet. And that's it. For I've literally told you that a, for like two years lot. now. I Tonight, uh, what lot. I'm going to do in about two minutes when we end this show is I'm going to drive my ass down to Chipotle. I'm going to get a fat burrito because I'm starving right Let's now. Go. And I'm going to come back and it'll be Damn. about 1030. And I'm going to practice putt till probably 1130 at night because I missed three or right. four inside the circle putts this last weekend. And I lost a tournament by three, meaning, hey, I got to practice putts. Two of them were from 20 feet. So all I'm going to do tonight is practice 20 footers because building that repetition, knowing that I can confidently hit that putt over and over and over 20 feet and 25 feet are really not that much of a difference. All right. Here, here's really my challenge. Not. Nick, you're going to put a whole lot tonight. You're going to yeah. tell us how many putts you did. I don't care <laughs> how right. many you made. I just care how many you attempted. Ben, you are matching that. Maybe, maybe not tonight. I get Nick's doing it late. But you are matching that. Tomorrow, yep. Yeah, and you go to bed at 2 a.m. and you brag about how little sleep you get. You're fine. Don't brag. Gonna I do hate a, it. You're going to putt as many times as Nick does every single time Nick putts. Because Nick putts a lot. He's very yeah, he's all right, very Nick. I, I got I gotta, that. Hey, if you I, start I have an A-tier coming up this weekend. I have an A-tier coming up this weekend. And so my goal tonight will probably be 250 to 500, depending on how I'm feeling. Yeah, match it, Ben. Tomorrow, Keep track. tomorrow will probably be 1,000 putts. New yep, competition, go, the Nick and Ben competition. If you actually keep track of your putts, I will match. I'm going to make a spreadsheet for you guys to yes, like do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Do, do it on Google. It has to be live. Do it counter. on Google and we can. Yeah. Hey, sure. when I'm up in Massachusetts, we can do a live putting night. I'll happily do a thousand putts. I'll, in one night. It, I'll bring dude. all my practice right putters. in my house. Yeah. We'll just run yeah. the cameras yeah. out and we'll talk. Yeah. All right. If you, if you actually send going. me, send me, I'll, I'll match it. 
I, I'm saying that right now. I will 100% match Let's every go. single putt that you putt if you if you actually send it to me. And I know it's more tedious to actually count than just putt, but that's that's what well, it's pretty easy. I I have 25 putters. Yeah. I'll tell you how many I made, how many I missed. But this is the other thing: is any of the putters that I miss, I go back, I pick them all up, and I putt them until they're in. So just but I don't attempts. count those. I don't count those as putts. So it's 25 each time, and I may putt 33 times if I miss, you know, eight of them. Okay, so just tell me the attempts, and then tell me your overall yeah. score, I guess. All right. All right. And Real, Evan will put in a Google Doc. I'm, I'm interjecting. One I'm not putting anything okay. in a Google Doc. I'm One, because Google we've Doc done for you. 25 minutes on intern Ben's putting, which is fine. It's banter after, right? Like, people are enjoying it. It's This is entertaining. But I want to give credit somehow but i've been waiting so long to do this and this is not an advertisement but overthrow disc golf's in the chat and this is why i said like i've been waiting so long but i'm also thinking i should have waited longer my rating has been steadily increasing this year and i will go on record as saying a large portion of that is because of overthrow disc golf literally i have not reached out i have not like actually did i I tried to reach out maybe and I got no response. Maybe I didn't. No, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but there was something, now that we're talking about form, there was something that stood out to me about overthrows. I don't want to say it's most recent video. I, I see a, a fair amount go up, but it was the, I think it was the backhand form. And it was like 2.0. It was like things we've learned, we've changed the way we've talked about this, taught, you know, coach, uh, you know, uh, Chris, um coach chris taylor chris taylor and all that right so they break it down they talk about what they've learned what they see there was something i was telling intern ben last week that yeah. in 18 years of playing and hearing people talk about disc golf never literally never stood out to me everybody's i've seen so many clinics literally i've watched like the best in the world talk about how to throw never once until overthrow disc golf and i don't know if i'll do it justice but for me you guys make everyone says that. But for me, it was this concept of your hips are not rotating as part of the th as 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 the throw, like as part of the throw. Your hips are rotating because of the throw. And I was like, "What?" Like I again, I don't know if that's the right words, but the idea is like your your motion is linear, okay? And uh, go watch the video. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Your motion is linear with your throw. And so for me, I was opening up and I always knew that I always knew I was opening up, but I didn't understand the concept of like, don't have like, don't have the rotation be part of your throw. I thought it was just, I was doing it too early. It's like, no linear. And so for me, like power increase, absolutely. Like you can actually feel it. You're like, wow, big difference. And then like aiming point, the way I aim totally changed. Like so much change with it. I'm giving the shout out on the record now. My um, my rating is going up, and I feel like it's because I'm having consistency with my throws, and I, I'm relating it to what I had that epiphany watching your videos. So shout out to Overthrow. There you go. So he says, I think I ghosted you accidentally. Then I texted you back like two weeks later. But it's all good. It's all good. I just wanted to give that shout out, and now my rating will plummet. But Ben, cue up the music. For the first time ever, yeah. I am the highest rated in a division turn like a tournament I'm playing, Nick, for the first time hey. ever. It's out there at uh, Westy in three, two, two weeks, three weeks. I'm the highest nice. rated in M1, and I'm like, uh-oh. And the lowest now I, I got to get uh -oh. out there when I'm back up in Massachusetts next time. New pressure for me. I've never had that. I'm nervous. Yeah. All right. 
Shout out, Matt. It's been, it's been a long show. This is up yeah. there. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in on this wonderful Monday night. We appreciate you just being here in general. Some awesome interviews from Paul and Paige. If you missed them, check them out. We had Paige on a phone call. We had Paul at 2 a.m. in Finland hanging out with us. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. And the biggest, most important thing you can do right now is subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening post-audio, create a YouTube account. Subscribe to us. We have a massive giveaway going on. Get your on. friends to do it because we need to get yeah. there quick. The longer we wait, the less yep. time you have to plan for the giveaway. And it's going to exactly. be Exactly. We have a massive giveaway for VIP tickets to the MVP Open this year. Check out other episodes. We'll talk about it every single week. But we need 10K subscribers to We're get close. this giveaway going. We're about 500 away. Yeah. Subscribe to the channel. Like the channel. Comment. Hang out with us live on Monday nights. We appreciate every single one of you. Tell someone you love them this week. I'm going to get Chipotle. What a show. Peace. Fat burrito time. Someone yeah. in the chat says. <laughs> ben, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Everybody, until next time, peace out. Practice your 20-footers. Yeah. <laughs> peace. It's on, Nick. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.